Raymond. I'm Merlin. And we're gay. And his NB. Episode 50. That's exciting. We're on 50 episodes. Big milestone for us here at A Gay and His NB. And we are so thankful for every one of you who have listened to us across these 50 episodes. Did you ever think we'd be here? Uh, You know, they say... That if a podcast um, survives its first, like, five or six episodes, it's likely to just keep going ad nauseum. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. Um, and it's just, I, I was really happy that we got past five or six. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just came smooth sailing. Just, holy shit. Like, here we are. It's September. We started in January. Um, so like nine months in, like we, it's a whole ass baby at this point. <laughs> it's fully formed and it's right. And it's so excited to have, you know, been able to talk about all of our thoughts and, and it's been a fun little community that we've gotten to build too. It's like, we're getting into the spaces and meeting people and sort of all that stuff. It's been nice. I really, it's really been enjoyable. Um, so yes, for this episode 50, we have a lot to talk about, but before we do any of that, uh, we got some few things to get out of the way. First, if you are listening to us. Uh, across Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you are currently listening to us. We are so, so thankful. Give us a good, you know, 50 episode present and uh, leave a rating or a review. Um, It is so helpful because it helps us get into the algorithm more, get seen by more and more people. Um, we, We, I know we say it every week, but we definitely, you know, really, really encourage you. We're so thankful if you can just leave a rating or a review. Uh, across platforms it would be really nice um you can also follow us across our social media platforms whether that be twitter facebook instagram tiktok or threads uh where we are posting new content every day including clips from the podcast and some of our initial thoughts of some of the stuff that we're watching and memes and so much more uh all of that is at a gay and his envy uh you can also get merchandise from us over at a gay and his envy dot threadless.com we have seven designs up there currently that you can get on a variety of different items including t-shirts and mugs and stickers um, and just anything in between. And they're really cool. So go check out againismb.threadless.com. Also, we will be having a brand new eighth design getting added here in the next week or so to commemorate our 50th episode. Um, So we'll be announcing that on social media. Uh, Keep an eye out for that. Yes. And if you have any questions or uh, comments or things you want us to know, things you would like to see on the podcast, or just questions for either me or Merlin, you can send them to agayandismb at gmail.com or across uh, the social media platforms that we listed previously. Um, If it's a question you would like us to answer, uh, we might answer it on a future episode of the podcast. Uh, So be sure to send those in. Babe, what are we talking about this week? A good lineup of episodes, I will say that. A good lineup this week, definitely. Um, We've got Salt Lake City we're going to be talking about, that crazy dinner. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, We're also going to be talking about um, the uh, last episode of the OC trip uh, down to Mexico. Um, that, that's a, and the penultimate episode because next week's the finale. Uh, so excited about that. But before we get to any of that, we've got to talk Roni. Yes. A com- uh, I'll say this, a confrontational week of, of episodes. Oh yeah. Uh, and we'll start it off with Real Housewives of New York as they're, uh, uh, still within that Anguilla trip. Um, this was a definitely like, it picked up the drama for me. I definitely all three of them are on trips this week. Yeah. So oh, that's fun. Vacation-y, vacation-y type of mood everyone's in. Um, but I also, I, I will say this. I think 
I enjoyed this episode a lot of Roni because it felt like we were now like t- taking the training wheels off. Oh uh, yeah, in certain ways. I also think that my opinions of certain people are starting to shift and not everyone in the words of Kathy Hilton, not everything's hunky dory right now with everyone (laughs) who is hunky dory. (laughs) (laughs) There are certain people who, um, their more toxic traits are coming to the surface and I'm starting to get annoyed by a little bit, but I not, here's the thing. I it's, but that's important to a certain extent. Right. On these kind of shows. Not everyone can be your favorite a hundred percent of the time. Right. I think you, you know, you need that. Um, they're waking up day three of the Anguilla trip and, and just getting their day started. Uh, they're in the kitchen and I don't know what it was that they had spell it out, but someone spelled out hose on the kitchen counter with like sticks or something. It was like sausages or was it like, I don't know what it was, but it was, it was something at first I thought it was like little, like, um, cinnamon sticks but then i was like no it's too dark to be it's jerky maybe i I don't know we still like who set that out was it the staff like (laughs) no no who was it that was in the kitchen i think maybe well it could probably bren makes sense it was bren uh speaking of brings she brings up uh aaron uh to aaron celery juice as she's working out and they start talking about you know the night before obviously bren wasn't at that dinner um so aaron's giving her the lowdown and everything and aaron goes okay so jessel was so funny this is what bothers me with Jessel. I feel like she hears your story. She hears Sai's story. She hears Uba's story. And she wants the same story, but it's like, that's not your story. So this gets into our big sticking point, I would say, with Aaron and Sai. Apparently, it's not, it's not left to just Jenna at this point. Like, now we're policing everyone's fucking, um, the way in which they share and, and how they share. And it, it got very grating, this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the the fact that it's like not your story and Bryn goes, and that's okay. You don't have to be like, I grew up poor. I was smuggled into the country. And I'm like, okay, like we're going down a road here. And it's like, there was a lot of wrong road, wrong wrong road. road. (laughs) We see the, we see the flashback to the dinner. Aaron's going, you know, it's okay. If your parents helped you, by the way, I feel like you're not honest about it. And Jessel has to go, my parents didn't help me. Why would I lie about that? They didn't give me one single dime. I will get my dad on FaceTime and you can call him. Yes, he paid for my college and all that stuff. And Sai goes, I would have loved someone to help me. Which, the only point I will give Aaron and Sai in this is that, like, I do get the conflict of I was never given a dime and my dad paid for my college. Yes. Yes. And... I do think that there is a certain amount of privilege that that Sai has. No, Jessel has, like over like the experience that Sai had, for example, um, and maybe Bryn, yeah. you know. Um, but, but like at the same time, she wasn't like super well off. They she make still, it think like she's like swimming in money for the, her entire life, and I, I like like, and it's we it's at a certain point it's like it feels like like they've kind of been like. Maybe it's that you're with your British accent. I'm like, but I agree with Jessel where it's like, you can't just go by my British accent to be like. You know, not everyone in Britain is a royal, right? Yeah. Like, it's that's like, not. You know, there's poor people in the UK, right? Uh-huh. Like that, though, they exist. Uh, yeah. Like they kind of perfected the objectification of people. Like, and they aren't really like judgmental about who they 
objectify. Yeah. Like it's like they're really good at it. <laughs> they have a class system for a reason. Um, Aaron's telling more about what happened. And she's like, well, Jessel said like, you know, her dad wouldn't let her move to New York. So she had to live with her uncle. And Sai's response was basically like, well, at least like you had an uncle to live with. I was homeless. And then we see the clip of Jessel being like, there was a point where I had like $20 in my bank account. Like I had nothing. And then Sai's like, there was a point where I had zero dollars and zero cents. It was negative 498. And I love Jessel going, they allowed you to go into overdraft? <laughs> like, that's such a stupid comment. Like, but at the same time, it's like, okay, and? Those are the fun, like, get, Je- get Jessel on those. Like, those are the delusional comments. But there is a point where it's like, it does become like the, not the oppression Olympic. It's like the, the struggle Olympics. Yeah. It's like. Everyone, like, I get that, like, I, they keep being like, well, Jessel, you're trying to say it was the same as mine. No. No, she isn't. Like. No, she's not. She's literally just saying, I also struggled. Yeah. Like, my struggle was different than yours. It still had a profound effect on me. I got, uh, what? I feel like we, t- we talked about this recently. I think maybe it was with Heather DeBro. Like. Yeah. Uh, just, like, just, be, you can express, like. You can express something and you can express frustration at something. But if it's like, we can play this game forever. Like, Sai, you weren't as uh, poor, poor off as like, you know, a child that was homeless that, you know, was malnourished or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we can do this all day. Yeah, it's not like at the end of the day, there is one person who has had it the worst. Yeah. So by your logic. They're the only person who's ever allowed to complain. Right. It's stupid. Bringos, she doesn't know she's doing it, though. She's so out of it. I like it. <laughs> like, finds funny. Finds it funny. And there are certain times where Jessel does sound delusional in moments that I do find funny. I just don't think this is one of them. Yeah, I don't either. Even the they let you overdraft comment is like, okay, well, certain bank accounts won't let you burn overdraft sure like some bank accounts have it set up to where it denies you if you try to overdraft you can't do overdraft i have ours set up that way specifically so we don't overdraft right like i i don't want to have to owe the bank money i already have enough debt from student loans i don't need more like so of course you can have it set up that way but maybe jessel didn't know that you can overdraft yeah like I think she again. I think also privileged and sheltered is two different things. I think she probably was raised raised in certain things that make her delusional in certain ways, but maybe in ways that don't always have to do with money. Yeah, you know, um, they they have breakfast outside, and Jenna comes out to join them, and the wind completely blows up her wrap that she has on, and we see her full vagina. <laughs> Oh and boy. Bryn goes, Good morning, Jenna. <laughs> Cause then we cause this starts the whole thing we see this episode of Bryn and Jenna kinda like uh-huh. We'll we'll get to it later. I was I was very happy about it. Um Uba brings up at the table Jessel snoring <laughs> when she was like, No, I don't I don't snore whatsoever. And then she plays it for the group and even puts it in the glass to like magnify the sound on it. <laughs> Jeez, that's so shady. Yeah. Just like, but it's not like an ugly snore. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't snore. Like, that was a one-off. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it that she said that it was, um, it's not that it's chic, it's elegant. It was an elegant snore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very light and dainty. <laughs> they all then go on a boat trip that Sai has put together. Um, I loved this. I pointed out to you that like knitted jacket that Sai has over her like bikini. Like mm-hmm. it was really cute. Um, Sai has good style. I will say that she l- lives up to that. 
Yeah, very part much. of our brand. Um, Aaron asked the boat crew, "What point is it okay to throw someone over?" Because we find out that Uba the day before like pranked her by throwing her in the pool. Oh boy. And Aaron just goes, it's a matter of time. The prank is coming back to her. And every time Aaron mentions this multiple times, like she keeps in her confessional bringing up, uh, I'm going to get her back on the prank. And knowing what happens in this episode with like the previews and stuff like that, we're like, okay, so that leads to this leads to what uh-huh. we see at the end of the episode. So, like we were, in, we were anticipating it at, at that point. Um, Bryn's trying to teach Jenna how to roll her R's at one point and then puts Jenna's finger just in her mouth. <laughs> It's like, it tastes like, (laughs) is that Lancome? (laughs) (laughs) And so I going five seconds away from Cunnilingus. Uh, Yeah. I, it got to a certain point where it was like, she was getting Jenna to blush. Yeah. But I also, I was like, I want to see it. I like having like, you know, uh, you know, it's nice having just regular like lesbian relationships now on housewives, like with Julie in Miami and now with Jenna, you know, even though we haven't seen that, but it's like, I would love the idea of like, you know, Having someone who is, you know, an out lesbian and having someone who Bryn has, like, I mean, she doesn't identify a certain way, but certainly displays, like, bisexual tendencies. Right. Like, having something intercast, like, I think would be a cool moment for Housewives. Uh, It would be. um, Also, it would be very um, dramatic if and when they break up. And like right. staying on the cast that's together. That's the best. That's the best storyline. Like, holy shit! It, it's it's very Vanderpumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, where people break up and you see them go through the breakup on screen, and they're both main cast members. So, so like, they, why can't we recreate that like across? Yeah, yeah, and you know we have potential for other lesbian people on Housewives. Anyway, uh, do you know do you Kyle know? Drew? Oh, oh, I forgot about Kyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, some of the women uh, decide to go swimming, and Jenna's in like a full wetsuit because uh, she doesn't like the show Alaskan, which she's mentioned. And Sai's like, Sai in her confessional is like, just you know, wear a bikini like the rest of us, you know, like be open. It's like let Jenna do what she wants to do. Yeah. Um, but Bryn says, I think Jenna looks like a babe, full coverage, boo, but it's kind of sleek and sexy. Um, so yeah, it's on full flirt flirt mode with them. Um. They're, some of them are going swimming, and Jessel takes this opportunity as that's happening to talk to Bryn with Uba there and tells Bryn, like, yo, I really needed you at that dinner last night. Like, I needed bodyguards. These two, like, came for me, Aaron and Cy. Uba and Jessel are relaying things, and they're like, yeah, they were, like, demanding, like, dates and timelines and, like, you know, when I was, like, sharing Jeez. stuff. And it's like, what the fuck? You know, Jessel's like, I think Aaron thinks I'm lying about the fact that I grew up with nothing. Like, why would I lie about that? Uba goes, no matter what she said, it wasn't enough. And Uba says her confessional, like, you know, I just don't get it. It's like $20, zero. It's all the same fucking shit. You were broke. You're fucking broke. And I was, when Uba, I was kind of, I was still team Jussel in the beginning. But like when Sai was talking about like the bank account stuff, there was a moment where it was like, I can understand Sai's point. But when Uba laid that out where it's like, it's not that big of a difference, honestly. Yeah. Like, you know, like I get it. Like, now, like 30 years ago, $20 went a lot farther than it does today. 20 bucks now is like 5 bucks back sure. then. So like... Inflation. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's like, I, I get it. Like, it, if now all I had in my pocket was 20 bucks, I don't even know that I could order Uber Eats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that's 
maybe a meal. And it's like, we get it. The struggle is real. But it's, it's like, I, and maybe it's because we're viewers watching this show. Right. Like, I don't get offended. Like, in the same way, we don't get offended by Heather DeBro's richness. Yeah. It's like, I don't care that much. Like, I, I mean, I guess. It's not going to put any more money in my wallet. Right. I guess if you, like, if Heather DeBro was trying to claim that she was broke or had broke. Sure. Like, wasn't privileged or something that would be frustrating but she doesn't she recognizes the position she's in but, but i like, don't think jessel would even say that like she doesn't get like certain advantage hasn't gotten certain advantages right right like that it's not like you know like having certain things in front of her as opposed to other things she's just saying you know i was kind of thrust into it and had to fend for myself in many ways right i mean there's a there is i two size point not not to really defend her because honestly I think she was way out of line. But to her point, there is a difference between homeless, have no money on your own right. sort of thing, and having an uncle that you can stay with where you don't really have to pay for anything. You don't have bills and food and all of that that you have to pay for. Yeah. And you have the ability to have an unpaid internship and gain experience while not having to pay bills. Like, those are privileges. Right. Those are things that put you in a better advantage position than someone who was in size position. I think that that's where she was coming from. Yeah. Like, there are things that Jessel had that made it to where she could get a leg up. And she wasn't acknowledging those in as, um, in as straightforward a manner that Cy would have liked. Right. Um, but also, to Jessel's point, she still didn't have a lot. She still wasn't d living like this glamorous life. Like for all we know, she was sleeping on the couch and eating ramen every day. Yeah, like yeah. we don't know. Like she wasn't having like this glamorous fashion internship. She was loading boxes at a warehouse. She I, wasn't. I think it was maybe Aaron. The one point I'll agree with Aaron. I think she said it on watch what happens live where it's like, Part of what it was was, like, when you get, like, yes, it was an unpaid internship, but, like, we, and we know this, like, in order to, if you're the type of person that is able to take an unpaid internship, like, we, the, you, most people who are, like, you know, sort right. of in a certain way, they need paid internships. because They can't just take an unpaid one. Aaron made that point? I think so, on Watch Happens Live. That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I know what you're. Her I, alignment. Know, I know what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna say considering her alignment on certain things. Yeah, Jessel and her professional goes. I don't know what they want to hear from me. I'm super rich. I'm a super rich Indian princess, and I have a fucking elephant. Like, if I was wealthy, I would be like, yeah, I'm fucking rich. Like, you yeah, know, it's not something to be ashamed about. Um. <laughs> Bryn is telling Jenna, I'm slamming pineapple juice for you, Jenna. And Jenna goes, so when is this getting consummated? <laughs> Jenna, her confessional goes, Bryn's incredibly sexy and attractive. I mean, we're on an island. Who knows what might happen? It's not no. I love that it was never acknowledged, the pineapple comment. We know what, like. Like, we know what she was saying, but it was never spelled out. So some people are going to miss it. Watch Jersey, because Teresa talks about it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> And Bryn and Eric Professor goes, Bryn Lyons, I can see it. You know, the invites, the credit card statements, the deed. <laughs> They're all lo lounging out on the um, the boat. And Bryn wants the captain to, like, pour the shot in her mouth as he's, like, bringing them out. 
Oh, God. Jessel calls the captain a pilot at one point. She's like, yeah, the pilot, like, or whatever. And they're like, what? Bryn's like, do you think this is a PJ? But also, like, who gives a shit? I know. It was like, a- tease her a little bit, but then, like, to, to act like, oh, well, she's so dumb. Right, or, or it like was like you, the rich thing too. Like, yeah, like right. it, it wasn't all these like comments of like like her being delusional because she's rich. Like it would have been like a funny like whatever. But like, right, um, they offered Jessel to drive the boat, and Bryn's like, I won't drive the boat, but I'll drive you to the captain. <laughs> Jesus Christ, goodness. Um, Jessel's behind the wheel, and she's like, How do I tip these bitches off the boat? <laughs> Um, Bryn then tells the re- them while Jessel's up there what Jessel said about you know them going after her. Aaron goes. We weren't going after her. We just said, just tell the truth about your life. <laughs> Some of the things that were coming out of Aaron's mouth at this point, I was like, girl, you need to check yourself. Like, you sound crazy right now. Uba's like, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just like you guys were nitpicking. And Aaron goes, because I wanted to hear the truth. It's like, okay, then you're calling her a liar. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like, she was telling you the truth. You just weren't happy with it. Yeah. And but it's like you're so definitive it's not the truth. We'll we'll get to it. Jessel comes back and she's like, you know, I answered their question and they were basically like dissecting everything. That's what I said. So I goes, the answer is not simple with you, Jessel. Did you get help? You did did you not get help? And Jessel goes, I said my dad did not give me help. Did you not get that part? And so I goes, the math is not mathing. It's like they also Do you have her bank statements? What math? Yeah, it's like it's, but also they confuse it too as well because Uba points it out. She goes, well, she did say that. She said that I, if I would not have been, been able to move to New York if my uncle didn't help me. So she's literally saying her parent, like, she, it, she's like, in a, to a certain extent, her family didn't support her because she had to live with her uncle instead of having, you, you know, maybe her parents were capable of possibly of paying for an apartment in New York, but they didn't. Right. Well, and the whole thing with her dad paying for, um, for college, like that doesn't mean that he's rich. That just means that he was able to put away enough to pay for her college exactly. over her li- over her childhood. Like that doesn't necessarily mean that she that he's rich. Yeah. Uba says in her confessional, Jenna could say her mother was an alien, and these girls would believe it. Jessel could bring her mom to them and say, "Hey, this is my mom," and they would be like, "We need DNA." Right. And even then, they would probably accuse her of faking the DNA results. Yeah. It's it got ridiculous. Aaron, it, it got to the point where if it wasn't going to fit their narrative, it wasn't true. Yeah. And that's, that's more frustrating than it. Cause then it's like, why are we having a conversation? There's no way, like there's no winning. Well, but it's, it's the same shit that they did with, with Jenna about why she flew in early. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. had decided that the reason was because she's a stuck up bitch. So any explanation to like provide clarity is now being deceitful or right. like not. Yeah. Aaron goes, you, didn't, you, don't get, you don't get what we're trying to say. And Jessel goes, no, I don't. <laughs> Jessel was great here. Fully I, don't get it. I've, I love Jessel in this argument. Aaron goes, you're constantly saying my life was so hard. My life was so hard. And Jessel's like, I'm not constantly trying to say that. Jessel's like, that's what my reality is. And Aaron goes, no, it's not. Your life is not that hard. <laughs> It, uh, again, it was very Sue Sylvester vibes. You're never in a good position if you're saying that sentence, right? Yeah. You, I can't imagine a realm where you you telling another person, your life is not that hard, is like a nice thing to say to someone. Yeah, it, it, it was literally like she was about to uh, say, I, I think Sue Sylvester's opening line in the first episode of Glee 
was something like she was screaming at the Cheerios cheerleading squad about, you think this is hard? I did. And then just like some off the wall, bonkers, batshit, crazy shit Mm -hmm. that you would hear like on SNL or something. Right. And it's like, I was expecting Cy to say that. Yeah, yeah, Like, oh, you think it's so hard that you had to, you know, live with your uncle and have an unpaid tem- uh, internship? Well, I was turning tricks in Las Vegas, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like 15 Johns and I night. was in like, Fight Club trying to, like... I, I, <laughs> I literally had to join the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Stop. What are we doing? Jessel goes, I'm not comparing myself to Bryn or to Cy. And Aaron goes, yes, you are. You had a perfectly fine life. And Jessel goes, how do you know that? Did you live my life, Aaron? Aaron goes, your life was so incredibly hard when you lived with your rich uncle. And and Jessel goes, I said I lived with my uncle. Did I ever say that he was, like, incredibly rich? You know what? Your new name should be, it should be the Queen of Assumption because you assume shit about everyone. <laughs> Literally. And I was like, get her, Jessel. Like, it was great to see Jessel, like... Activated, fully activated. Yeah. She's like, you're like, oh, Bryn was lying. You're doing this to me. What the hell's wrong with you? And... <laughs> Jenna uh, pulls Aaron aside for a second and goes, why does it bother you so much? And Aaron goes, because it's so inauthentic. And I was like, it was like light bulbs went off. And I was like, oh, I know what this is. She's just Kyle Richards. Yeah. This was a full Kyle Richards. Kyle Richards, different font. And Aaron did press like before the premiere with like the cast. And they were, I think someone had asked the question about like, if you could compare yourself to another housewife. And she said Kyle. She's like, everyone says I'm like Kyle. Well. It's such a, you're accurate. not being honest. You're being inauthentic. You're blah, blah, blah. Like she would, like I could see this fight on last season of Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. Like fully. Like, uh, it's so like, and it's like, it's so fucking grating. It's like to be like, well, it's just inauthentic. It's like, do you fucking run? Like, are you the, you know, the auctioneer at fucking Antiques Roadshow? Like what the, like uh, inauthentic. Like, are you the judge of authenticity now? Q next season, she's going to start doing splits everywhere. Ugh. Jessel goes, it's, in her confessional goes, it just seems like Aaron is projecting her privilege onto me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely see that. Jessel goes, I'm not going to justify my shit to you guys. And Aaron goes, you don't have to. And Jessel goes, <laughs> okay, so why do you care? What do you mean you don't have to? You literally have, like, put her on a fucking grill. Like, there are grill marks across her face Ugh. from how hard you've been roasting her. What are you doing? Jessel goes, you don't know where I came from. And then Cy goes off and goes, and that's why we ask. You're never direct, Jessel. Even when we were like, oh, we want to know more about you. Your story is about your parents coming from Kenya. And then Jessel goes, is that not part of my story? Cy goes, no, we want to know about you. It's that simple. What? As she if generational trauma doesn't exist. Uba was so confused by this. And I was like, like, Uba was the voice of reason in the confessionals, I think, through most of this episode, where it was just like, what the fuck? Like, the idea that her starting her story with, so my parents were from Kenya, and that that's so, like, that's her trying to, like, hide herself? Like, I did not get that logic whatsoever. Uh, is it, like... As if that doesn't inform the way that she was raised. Yeah. Her parents were raised in Kenya after her grandparents had been raised in India. So India to Kenya to London. Like there is a specific cultural pathway there. Yeah. That informs a lot of the reasons 
behind her thought processes. So yeah, it fucking matters. What are you talking about? Uba says her confessor, like, you are who you came from. And it's so shocking that these intelligent women, they don't see that. It's annoying and actually quite embarrassing. And I was like, you put that so perfectly, Uba, of like what I was feeling in this conversation. It embarrassing is the word. Yeah. I, I honestly wonder if because Uba was on Jessel's side here is part of the reason that Aaron gets so mad at her later in the episode. Cause it does that's a good point. Cause I was thinking that. Cause Aaron and Uba had been close this whole season. Right. Aaron was very happy that Uba stood up for her like a couple episodes ago about the whole Bryn at the party thing. Like she they and then suddenly it was like that shift. Like Well, because Uba doesn't have allegiances, she just calls it down the middle. That's why I like her. She really calls it pretty straightforward in terms of in, in across the group. Yeah, um, yeah. Sai goes, I'm done with this conversation because I don't care. And Jessel goes, Okay, well, I don't care that you don't care. Sai's <laughs> like, are Jessel's like, are we good? And Sai's like, I'm fine. I'm having a great time. Jessel goes, Me too. I just drove this non-yacht. It's great. <laughs> Jessel is amazing. I love her. Like she is, she kind of is like, like in in the same way that we said Aaron was like Kyle. I was also like, Jessel's kind of giving Dorit, not just because of the accent, but like she kind of gave like first season Dorit, which I think Dorit needs to get back to where it's like, you're funny still, like you're hilarious in moments and all that, but you're also can take it to a bitch. And I, and I appreciated that from Jessel um, here. Um, Uba's talking again on the boat about how, you know, I've been watching my back like every minute for Aaron to like throw me in the water. Like I'm so nervous. And Aaron's like, you know, talking to her confessional, like, you know, I really grew up with my family loving pranks that we would prank each other all the time. And I just can't wait to get Uba back. They're really like just foreshadowing like, Oh yeah. <laughs> the dire scenario. Um, they get ready to go out to j- uh, dinner. Jenna and Bren are joking because they're both wearing white um, looks. They're like, oh, oh, we're getting married. We're getting itched. <laughs> Jenna and her confessional, I would absolutely make her sign a prenup. There's no way. She's not getting everything. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly. Yeah. I mean, if anyone in this group would be a black widow, it would be Jenna. Oh, or not Jenna. Uh, um, Bryn. Bryn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Jenna. Like, I love Jenna's look here because it was like, it was almost like she was wearing just a towel. Yes, and then I I thought it was pretty. I think it needed a belt, mm. number one. I don't like a full... Your go-to anytime, like, you don't like something, I it's always, like, put a belt on it. Well, it but fixes you, a lot of things. Because it you hate... shape. Yeah, you want shape. You're big on shape. I, I am big on shape. Both not, not like that. <laughs> both physically and mentally. Um, but I also, like, I don't like that it just looks like a towel wrapped around you. Sure. And I also don't like the fact that this dress, somebody looked it up and found out how much it's like a $3,000 dress. Oh shit. For a towel. Yeah. You could get a $20 towel at Walmart and get the same look. Yeah. Like, come on. Like this is where I get frustrated with like the absurdity of like fashion, fashion. And like there, I don't care how pretty or how like nice the material is. There is no way. Like, I think that fucking Derek Barry's look that there is everywhere you look, there is a him was more complicated than this look. Sure. I think Jenna can pull it off though. Cause she has such a striking look. She has that like, straight up and down pole body. Yeah. 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 But she's also tall as fuck. So right. it's like, yeah. Um, Still need a belt. 
They arrive to the uh, restaurant. Uba and Brandon are drinking their waters like they're cats at one point. At a certain point, Sai's just like, this is a nice restaurant. And like people are looking at us. What are you doing? <laughs> Brandon's like, I have no complaints in the oral area. And Jen, Jenna goes, I'm sure there's not been a single complaint. Oh, my God, <laughs> they're Jenna. Really, they're really just straight up committing. Brandon goes, fun fact, if you just gay act. Up, gay <laughs> up committing. There you go. Uh, fun fact, if you just act like you're choking on it, meaning a dick, they'll love it. Like, guys love that. <laughs> uh, and then she just starts deep-throating her straw at one point. It was too much. Um, Bryn then suggests that they all share the most embarrassing story about each other. So they go around the table doing this. Bryn's story is about how when she first got her period when she was younger, um, she ac- basically she accidentally put her tampon in her butt. Thinking because you was like I didn't know there was more than one hole. I'm with the other girls. There's no way you accidentally did that. Jenna goes, or not Jenna. Jessica goes in her confessional. Bryn, how big is your asshole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't make any sense. Uh, Jessel tells the story that was really funny about like how she was like at a this like two level grotto in Cancun or whatever, and like was swimming on one end and then like tripped and fell and her top came up on the second end and like everyone's hard tits. It was funny. Um, Sai, oh, and, but she tells this story, and then Sai in her confessional, Jessel is the best when she's just being herself. She's so comfortable telling this story. That's the Jessel we love. It's like, okay, well, I'm glad that Jessel could be like, I'm sure I'm glad that Jessel could cater to what you like, Sai. Like, guess what? Not everyone's going to be exactly how you want them to be a hundred percent of the time. Uh huh. Like, I don't understand it. Um, Jenna's like. Uh, talking about her story about how she was at this like fancy like club or whatever, and then uh, someone like stepped on her like coat, her like tr- long train coat, and she like tumbled down fucking stairs right in front of Ralph Fiennes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Sai talks about shitting herself in a high school track meet. It was funny. Uba uh, uh, had a roll of like toilet paper that she was like dragging out of the bathroom of a nightclub because she was like racing to like. Uh, hear her uh, dance to her favorite song and then they get to Aaron oh lord and then Aaron just goes the last time I was embarrassed was when I was on a flight with my kids and Elijah would not stop crying so I goes is that it (laughs) they're like what like like and and of all people for it to have been Aaron like Aaron being the one who is so critical of everyone's storytelling when she season. was when she was just screaming about Jessel not being authentic, and then you share this lame ass story. Uh, it, it, you it, should have been more embarrassed by the by the lack of food that you provided on the girls' trip at the beginning of the season than you were by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't understand how you literally could have told that like. I told my I told Abe that I had sex in a senator's office and I didn't realize that he had me on speakerphone and the kids were in the car that we saw in the fucking confessional. That would have been a better fucking story than this. Yeah. Yeah, it was stupid. <laughs> it was really stupid. <laughs> um, they go back to the villa and decide to go in the hot tub. Um, they're, as they're all getting out of the Sprinter van, though, Uba's like already in the house. And the driver, I'm, I'm saying this for clarity's sake because it will come into play later. The driver gets out and said, oh, Uba, your phone. Because Uba left her phone in the car. Aaron grabs it from the driver uh, to, like, make it seem like she's going to give it to her. And then she tells Sai, do not tell her I have, my, I have her phone. So she's like, this is my moment. This is going to be my prank. Just laying that out, the events of what happened there. Which, 
fine. It it would have been funny if, you know, Uba had immediately said, oh, no, I think I left it in the car. And yeah. then, like, for, like, two minutes, she let her freak out or something. Right. And then she was like, ha-ha, I've got your phone. It's fine. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. Right? Here's the thing. It's also not a... It's just not a prank. Yeah. It's not... Like, a prank is, like, you put... I, I You wouldn't like this, but, like, you put fake spiders in someone's bed or you... I don't... Like... I... I just don't like pranks where you cause distress to the other person. That's sure. not funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like pranks like where you walk in to work the next day and your entire cubicle is like wrapped in saran wrap. That's, that's funny. That's, that's, a, that's a prank. Yeah. Um, Uba's telling Aaron not to throw in the pool, basically, and, and she's like, I'm just hating the anticipation. Aaron's like, we can do it now or you're going to you know, be you know, worried the whole day tomorrow. Uh, Aaron tries to throw her in, but Uba's like resisting. But then, like they get like a breaking point, and Sai just straight up shoves Uba in the pool. <laughs> um, but Aaron makes the point of like saying like, "It's not payback because Sai pushed her in. I didn't do it yet." But don't worry, I. And she says to her confessional, "Don't worry, I still have the prank of another prank going on." The one like I thought it was stu- like, it's a it, it is payback. Like it's the, it's the ipso facto of yeah of the thing that Uba did to you. Whatever. So that we wake up the next morning and it's the last day of the trip. Um, Bryn is eating leftovers in bed, just like like full furry, like uh, eye mask on, just like shoveling food out of this like styrofoam container. Uba comes downstairs and Sai si is like has her coffee or whatever. And Uba's pissed. And she's like, she's pissed at Aaron particularly. because She's like, did you know Aaron had my phone? Like, do you know I have a family that I have to tell that I'm okay? Uh, you know, and we find this out that basically, like, this is a thing that Uba, like, and, and I guess we got it a little bit with in terms of her backstory. She's like, I have, like, sisters and stuff like that. And, like, sort of, like, because with her mother not being around, like, extended family. And we check in on each other all the time. She talks a lot about, like, like being a model. Like, you're, you're susceptible to certain things and, like, stuff like that. So I'm, right. I'm big on letting someone know, especially, like, if I'm in another country. Right. Like, cause that's a big deal, you know, to people. Besides, like, she was pranking you from, uh, you know, throwing you in the pool, you throwing her in the pool. And Uba goes, but you threw me in, the deal was already done. And Sai goes, but she said it wasn't because it wasn't done because I did it. Uba goes, she didn't do it because she's a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, And then, so we find out that Uba was, and Jessel were both like looking for her phone at like midnight, right? Uba was like trying to get Jessel to help her. Jessel was, like, texting Aaron if she knew where her phone was, and Aaron was replying with, like, these emojis and, like, all this stuff. Um, Cy basically woke up at one point, was, saw them doing this, told Jessel, hey, go get, Aaron has it. Um, and so that's what, and Aaron keeps saying, like, I had it for, like, 45 minutes. No, no, it was at least, like, two hours. Like, because yeah. you get to the, you get, when you get to the house, it's at, at like, 10. Right, because y'all also y'all are all hanging out by the pool, yeah, for a while, and then everybody goes to bed, and that's when Uba re- realizes she doesn't have her phone, and she comes back after everyone's gone to bed and is searching the rest of the. And house. if she would have went to bed, like you wouldn't, you would have had, you would have had it the whole night. I don't know. Like it's both not a big deal. I get, I get to a certain extent why it's not a big deal. There, were, like to a certain extent, I was sort of. There were points where I was on both Uba and Aaron's side, but like I also think it's just like stupid. Like it, it to me, it's not a big deal until 
until Uba is upset about but it. But like once Uba is upset, right at that point, at that point, Aaron should have just given it back and said, "Hey, I'm so sorry. I thought this was a funny prank. Right. I, I didn't realize this would upset you so much." And Aaron is so like that. That's such a good point when you made about like her sort of like t- turning on Uba. Because Aaron like was quick to apologize for, to Bran in the, after the embryos thing and being like, "I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I used the word lie or whatever." Like, my frustration on the reason I blame Aaron, I I came to the conclusion after like much deliberation that I, this is Aaron's fault and this is why. One, it's a stupid prank. Two, at any point during this whole thing, you could have just been like, "Hey, Uba, I know you're. I I heard that you're really upset. I didn't mean it that way, etc." And she could have diffused it. Very simply, and I think Uba would have. I don't think Uba would have held that. Right. She wouldn't. Have, she probably would have had a frank conversation with her about why it wasn't okay and yeah. why she was upset. But it would have been done from then. Yeah. Because Uba's not the kind of person to hold a grudge. Yeah. Not that we've seen. Like so, and Uba's like Uba's like like who takes someone's phone in like another country? And Sai tells Uba that she had knew that Aaron took it and all that stuff. And Uba's like, oh, so you knew as well. And now she's pissed at both Aaron and Sai. Um, Sai says, uh, you know, I wouldn't... Sai even in her confession was like, I wouldn't dwell on it. Like, that's not, like, if it was my situation. But I also understand it because I'm, you know, I'm attached to my phone as well all the time and stuff like that. Um, Sai goes into Aaron's room. Um, Aaron's like, I heard Uba screaming. And Sai's like, yeah, Uba's mad at you. And Aaron's like, really? And then Sai goes, I mean, I would be mad at you too. And Aaron goes, Really? Like, Aaron just is so defensive at this point about it, where it's like, why is your instinct not to be like, I didn't mean it that way, so... Right, like, it it just is so telling the tone, right? Yeah. Like, because her And saying, the tone gets worse later. Oh, right. Because the second that she goes, really? Instead of, oh, really? Yeah. Because if it was, oh, really? That would have been a realization of, I fucked up. Oops, let me, let me make amends. As right. opposed to, really? How dare you think that I was up, like I was doing the wrong thing here? It was like, fuck off, Aaron. Like, yeah. that's not. Uba's like venting to Jessel in the bed because they're sharing the room together. And, Je- and she thanks Jessel for like helping her get her phone back and all that stuff. So they're kind of forming the bond. I think also. In the same way that like Aaron may have turned on Uba, I think Uba's kind of solidified a little bit with Jessel after this because they because yeah. she has seen what Jessel's like, how bullshit it was what they were doing to Jessel to where like yeah it's, it's kind of like solidified that. Aaron goes, first of all, she should be thanking me because she left her phone in the car and I went and I got it for her. She needs to calm down. She's so unreasonable. One, that's not true. You didn't get her phone for you. It wasn't like you were doing her a favor. Yeah, the driver would if she like the driver would have got just gone and given it straight to her. Right. You intercepted the driver to do your prank. Right. You didn't find her phone. It's not like the driver was gonna stop at the edge of the car and then just put the phone back in the car if she wasn't right there. Yeah. That's not what was gonna happen. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they then go to eat breakfast in the kitchen, um, and, and they're sort of, like, starting their day. Uba comes down, and she basically ignores Aaron and Sai. It's Aaron, Sai, and Bryn there. She only really acknowledges Bryn. Um, and, uh, and then she leaves, gets water, and, like, kisses Bryn on the way out, and Bryn goes, and safe. I'm good. <laughs> Aaron's like, it, should, it feels like shit. It feels actually very mean. Here's the thing. 
Is it the nicest? No. But she wasn't cold about it. She wasn't giving them glaring looks. She just acted as if they weren't there. I just don't understand. Like, if you're that mad at some, like, like if someone's that mad at to me to a point in which they can't, they aren't like interacting with me. One, either I would broach it and then immediately apologize, like we mentioned, or I just would be like, okay, let me let her let her cool down. This is why, like, Aaron had one of two options: either bro- broach it with her or let Uba cool down, and she would have been fine. Instead, Uba wasn't she- going to ignore you for the entire fucking rest of the trip. Right. Instead, Aaron chose fucked up third option. Yeah, exactly. Um, Aaron asked Jessel, "Why? Why is Uba so mad?" And Jessel goes, "You don't remember taking her phone last night." Aaron's like, it was a joke. Jessel goes, she doesn't find it funny. Bryn then goes, look, no when a joke is a joke. Like, everyone needs to take a humor class or something. Like, this is the problem with the world. And I found that comment from Bryn so fucking um, funny and not a good way um, because of the whole Bravo and Botox thing where she yeah. fully DM'd Bravo and Botox upset about that tweet that was really fucking innocuous that they reshared. That it wasn't even Bravo and Botox. It was just on their digest. Like you got so mad at us at an innocuous tweet about um was it Ashley Madison or not right Ash, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah to where like oh no it wasn't Ashley Madison seeking arrangements seeking arrangements she like thought it was Ashley Madison for some reason but even then seeking like seeking arrangements is specifically for sugar babies i get it so it's not like ashley madison but is but you joke that you're like a sugar baby all the time on the show right like at least it wasn't ashley madison who is specifically for people having affairs yeah and it's like you got so mad about that that you showed your whole like job listing to and expose the fact that you were doing PR for the BP fucking oil spill girl. You played yourself with that one, Brent. I've liked you this season, but like you played yourself. Well, and what's funny is that she redacted certain information on there (laughs) and she didn't redact that. that. It's like, girl, you could have just said that you had worked for BP. Fine. Whatever. Like, that would have been one thing. But to specifically leave the fact... And you were leading with that on this resume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it was not just a list of things that you've done, but this is the most notable and the one I'm most proud of. Ugh. I'm putting it first. Yeah. Terrible, Girl. Terrible move. Jessel goes, Aaron's a mother. She has kids. If the shoe was on the other foot, I think that, you know, that would be a problem to her, like, her, having her phone taken away. Aaron then tells Jessel, why are you so mad? She was perfectly, this is what, and what we see later, I'm like, this is starting to be a pattern. And, and that affiliation that you mentioned is kind of showing a little bit. Uh huh. Why are you so mad? Jessel wasn't mad at all. She's talking in a very normal, calm voice. I like, huh. Uh, Bryn makes Jenna breakfast in bed, <laughs> which is cute. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, but she like get, had like a banana wrapped in bacon as one of the things. Jenna's like, it's sweet, but like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Girl. Um, they get ready to go out and go to their, going to like a rum tasting or whatever. Um, Bryn is talking um, to Aaron in her room. And Aaron at one point goes, you know, I was thinking about it. And this is such a Kyle move. I was thinking about it. We're all friends. What if I had some, you know, what if I had been someone that really didn't like being thrown in the pool? Like, and you know, I'm not that person, but like, like that's such a Kyle, like sort of rerouting it to where you're the victim now. Yeah, It's like so stupid. Jessel's telling Uba in, in the bathroom, 
you know, she's shaking in her boots, but she's downplaying it. She's being like, oh, it was just a prank, blah, 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 blah. Jess, I do agree. Some people were like, Jessel was kind of rubbing Uba up a little bit. Yeah. But I think it was like good honor, like, like credit to her. Um, the, you know, she was like grilling me being like, I was like, you know, you know, you're, why are you defending her? Like she's your lawyer. It's like, I'm not trying to be her lawyer. And then Uba goes, maybe I should call her husband to be my lawyer. <laughs> and, and Jessel was like three snaps to that. <laughs> Um, it was great. So the, okay. So then they all start congregating by the front door, right? Getting ready to leave. And then they're waiting for everybody. Uba's like talking to Brynn about like, oh, I saw you like brought Jenna like breakfast in bed or whatever. Like, oh, romanticizing. And is ignoring Aaron. Like she, like she had been. Aaron's doing the, you pointed it out. The fake, the, 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 the Karen white woman fake cry. Where it's like you, your like tongue goes to like the side of your cheek and you're like, like trying to rev up tears well but she this is not even the point that i'm talking about like yes she was doing that here but it was like this is the quiet point of like she's like on the edge of making a thing about it and then she's like "Mm, not going to Mm, maybe Mm, no not gonna happen Yeah, yeah, yeah and then she i think she like goes to the bathroom or something and well before that so she says in her confessional she says her confessional Right now, I'm intimidated because Uba is making it a point to single me out, not to look my way. I'm a little scared. And we were both like, bitch. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? I, I know that I wasn't the intended audience for that dog whistle, but I heard it. Hmm. I heard it loud and clear. Yeah. No, but so she leaves to go get a bathing suit, she says. Like, oh, we're mm. thinking about, you know, we should we bring a bathing suit? So she goes to her room to get a bathing suit. Um, Aaron, uh, uh, Jenna then comes by, right? Jenna stops by. And they're like, oh, are you ready to go? And Uba goes, we're waiting for Aaron. Aaron was here, right? And then we hear Aaron in the background go, I hear her saying my name. Stop saying my name when I'm not around. And as soon as she said that, me and Merlin both were like, nope, it's Aaron's fault. This is fully Aaron's fault. Uba has every right to do what she's about to do. Uh-huh. And honestly, Uba like is showing some restraint. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she could have caught these hands if it was me. Yeah. Uh Uba goes, I'm just said Aaron was standing right here. And Aaron goes, I don't want you to say my name. Uh, again, the, this is the again, the Karen White Woman playbook. This is yes. this is uh uh bullet point number two. Saying in one breath, I get that it was a confessional. Right. But like saying in one breath that this is scaring you and you're scared by this person. And then you're the one to then initiate the conflict. Right. Well, it, yes, it was in, in a confessional, but it was also in a confessional knowing that that was going to be used to set up the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was still framing it. It was just retroactive. If you're scared, you would Scared you, people don't do that. Right. Like that's not something like... That's not something a person who's really intimidated and, and all that does. It's just not. Um, Aaron goes, I don't want you to say my name. Uba goes, guess what? And like stands right in front of her. And Aaron goes, get out of my face. And Uba goes, I'm not going to get out of your face. And then you're like, you're going to look at me when you're talking to me. And then Uba snatches the glasses off of Aaron's face. So smooth. <laughs> and Aaron's like, get me my glasses. Give me back my glasses. Oh, Uba's like, oh, give me back my glasses. You took my phone. Like yeah. she, she wasn't even going to like, but it's like the minute you're being like, Oh, give me back my glasses. you you think I'm not going to turn, bring up my phone in this moment and try to like turn it back on you. Cause yeah. Yeah. Nothing coming. Uba, Aaron, 
I noticed it's like because it's like they're yelling at each other. But Aaron at one point goes, "You're not allowed to yell at me." <laughs> what? I, I'm sorry. She what? And then Uber just goes, "Try me. Try." <laughs> I ooh, it was so good. And then we leave on that to be continued cliffhanger. It was oh the point. The point I was getting at was in the. I think they they released like an extended. It's a, no, it's not the extended. It, it's it's, a, the, it's a preview, the preview for next week. For next week, where um where Uba has like they're they're still yelling at each other, and then they it kind of breaks and Uba like they're 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 leaving. They're, yeah. They've dropped it. They're leaving. Right. Uba still has her sunglasses, and Uba turns around and walks out the door, and then the camera goes back to Aaron. And Aaron's like sitting there and she does like the lip tremble and looks up like she's trying to Yeah, yeah. Like she's trying to hold back tears. And it's like, and then immediately it melts off her face because she's like, Oh, I can't get them to come, so it's not worth it. Yeah. But like sh- that's the point I'm talking about. She's trying to summon the white woman tears, and it's like, holy shit. Like, I'm so glad they caught that on camera because that's fucked up. Yeah, it was it was not okay, and it was very clear what was happening. And Aaron, he, Aaron needs to, and it seems like Aaron's, from what I'm seeing, like they're everyone's good now. It seems on the cast. It seems like Aaron's gonna apologize well, either at the reunion or whatever. But I mean, possibly, but like I think like Bryn still doesn't fuck with her because remember what she said when they were all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Bryn made that remark of, "Well, I don't trust Aaron." Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell with Bryn always because you know. Yeah. So, sometimes she's just like lobbing a a thing, and I think Uba said something online about like, "There's more to come on this." Like so, like yeah. And I I think like it's gonna get more intense, but I think like I it seems like I could see them getting back on the right page. Aaron just needs to apologize and be like, I was fucked up. Yeah. And I think she's shown that she's capable of that. But like, girl, this was your worst moment this season. Yeah. For sure. We don't, we don't play that, you know, um, leave that shit for Ramona. You, you can- now do, I think it is possible for her to have used those dog whistles and for her to have tried to summon white woman tears and failed without fully understanding the implication of what she was doing. Right. Absolutely. I agree. Because as someone who is white, those sorts of things aren't explained to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just see them emulated, and then you, like, pick up that's how you behave. Yeah. You don't necessarily get all of the understanding of why that's being that's the way that things are done. It's sometimes a subconscious thing. It's sometimes subconscious. So is it possible that this is more subconscious racism than like outright racism? Yes. Still racism. Yeah. And still fucked up and still something that Aaron needs to own and grow from. But um, I'm hoping it's subconscious. And I think with the fact that Uba still fucks with her, it's probably right. subconscious, but I have ooh. a feeling she'll probably, I feel like she'll probably go the better, more thoughtful route in the end and not go the Bethany Frankel route um, from this past week where she's like, well, calling me a white savior is actually racist against me. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, we won't get into that. it, but like team Carol, fuck. 
uh, I've always been Team Carol Radswell. I recently, like a couple days ago, I rewatched um, one of their, not the big fight at Bluestone Manor, but the fight that season where they had issues. And it's like, oh yeah, Bethany is just straight gaslighting her to her face. Carol's yeah. come. It's not like I think there was a in the, when they originally aired, it was like. I'm kind of both ways. There's some right, some wrong, et cetera. Watching it bath, Bethany is full on gaslighting Carol. Oh yeah. Full on. And someone tweeted something about like, Bethany's actually not a good arguer. She just talks fast. Yeah. And like, yeah. and like when you actually, it's one, it's, Kind of like not to bring his name up into the zeitgeist, but it's kind of like the Donald Trump effect, where it's like when you just write out their words and write out what they said, right? Which, it's like, oh, you're crazy. Yeah. Well, it's like if you throw enough bullshit at somebody, they can't refute everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it it becomes a sensory overload situation where you're just kind of stuck standing there fumbling. And and that's why she had to cut Carol because Carol was one of the only people on that cast right. to recognize it and counter it appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a tangent. Anyways, um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on down to Palm Springs where Heather's stomach told those espresso martinis, you can leave. I can't. On Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. This, this episode felt like a fucking fever dream. This episode was in Jeez. Like, like, we talk about Salt Lake being like the parody franchise, but like, it was like, this felt like it, like, 
it felt like something on Adult Swim. Like it felt like some Tim and Eric fucking bullshit. Exactly. It was like you show this to it. Like I can't show this episode to a regular person. And say this is Housewives. Like no, it's not. It's this like is some Aqua Teen Hunger Force bullshit. Like I don't understand. It's wild, and but it was so fun watching. I will say that. Um, we come as we left the last episode where the rest of the group, other than Whitney and Angie, arriving at the Trixie Motel. And and they get in and they're admiring everything. Mary in her confessional. Trixie Hotel, like, is that like a person? Is that is is, <laughs> is the hotel named after her? Like I'm, I'm I, I love that Trixie retweeted that uh <laughs> a quote tweeted that clip and was like, Yep, that's me. <laughs> or something to that effect. It was great. Well, Mary goes, I'm just confused what Trixie is. And I and I feel like in the back of my head, knowing Mary's background, I'm like, is it is Trixie just like another word for faggot? Like, like it's funnily <laughs> enough, yes. It is. And <laughs> that's where why the name came from. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Trixie then comes out. And that like the moment that Mary kind of looks at Trixie like it's like, hi, nice to meet you. It's like, oh God. <laughs> like it's like you know the fact that, Mar- that it would be one thing if like Mary had said that before they got to the motel yeah or you know something like that but this was in confessionals that was filmed Afterwards. after the fact she is at this point met Trixie mm-hmm. has spent time with Trixie like they have a whole party with that Trixie hosts in the next episode right so like you know this person yeah i also and- Huh? I also love that, like, I mean, we know with Mary's background that, you know, I'm sure she's not, one, very familiar, or two, very, um, maybe not the most um, accepting, probably, probably, to drag performers. And then the first one she meets is Trixie, who is... A living Barbie doll. And looks a little insane sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but at least it's not season seven Trixie. Yeah. Okay, this is Trixie refined. There you go. Uh, Trixie's like, great to see you guys here. Like, you know, different change of weather from Salt Lake. Meredith goes, this was a very rough trip for such a short journey. And then Lisa goes, yeah, I lost my ring, Trixie. It's 60 J's. <laughs> then Trixie says something about, if you just wanted free jewelry, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and when Lisa goes, yeah. <laughs> Trixie goes like, yeah, and, you know, the other ladies are already here. And they're like, other ladies? And then this had to have been, like, planned out. Whitney had to have told Trixie to say that so I can then walk out at the perfect time, right? And Whitney and Angie just walk out and go, hey, Monica literally grabs Heather's arm. <laughs> like, it's like, like, it's like they're witnessing something, like, so, like, like scary. <laughs> I, I just, I was, I was Monica in this, though, because... She grabbed her arm like it was scary, but the look on her face was so excited. Yeah, she was yeah, like, yeah. this is going to be some bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Meredith is interprofessional just goes, Angie? <laughs> and then she just has to like sort of smile through it and hugs Angie and goes, hi, I didn't know you were going to be here. <laughs> Meredith interprofessional. This is incredibly ill-mannered and rude. I can't imagine inviting someone on a trip without talking to the hostess about it. Mary, Mary hugs Angie, be like, "Hi, how are you?" And then her confessional, "Who is Angie?" <laughs> does Mary is does Mary have Alzheimer's? Like, does she not know where she is? She she <laughs> powered through that fresh start uh, brunch. Like, she was just like, "Oh, I know you, Heather. Yeah, Lisa. Yeah." 
Let me. Okay, am I done? Good. Can I go home? Great. <laughs> Mary was something. <laughs> These this last few episodes, but definitely this episode. Um, Trixie gives them the tour to show everyone their rooms and stuff like that. This is where. Okay, I will say this. I said last episode that I was at least happy that like I I don't agree with excluding a housewife, and so I was glad that Whitney did this right. Mm-hmm. Whitney was testing my nerves with this. It got to a point where it's like, no, this isn't like sort of like you're trying to bond and that because Trixie starts showing the room. She takes her to the like cowgirl, uh, whatever room, the one that has like the bar and stuff like that. And they go this. She's like, this is the room. Um, Angie already picked this one out. And then they go to the big room, the like honeymoon suite room. That's like the biggest room, et cetera. And they're like, yeah, so Whitney's chosen this one for her. That that you mm, I personally feel that the person who plans the trip should get the biggest room. Yes. I think unless, uh, unless like a particular circumstance right, unless decided they, by the hostess though. Right. Decided by the hostess. Like if they were like, uh, I think they last season was like, you know, Jen's going through all of this. Let's give her the biggest room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Like if they want to do that, that's fine. But that should be a gift from the host giving up the best room for that person. Yeah. It should never be um that someone can just arrive first and state claims to it. Also, why wouldn't you want to be cuz the way that the rooms are organized at Trixie Motel is there's there's one door that goes into like a little vestibule room yeah, and then yeah. like two rooms are off of that. Right? Yeah, so your rooms room is, so rooms 1 and 2 are through the first door, rooms 3 and 4 are through the second door. Five and six through the last one, and then the big honeymoon suite. is open to the front. Like it's a it's a front door that's open to like the entire front of the thing. Right. I so wouldn't want that. I agree. Wouldn't you want as the person who brought the extra person on the trip? Wouldn't you want both of y'all behind that one door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you can have like some solidarity. Sure. I think Whitney. This is I. I start to realize that like the whole like Angie being iced out is more cover than anything. Whitney was like, this is my trip. It's not right. Meredith's trip. And I, like, I felt bad for Meredith, actually, at yeah. a certain point, because I was like, and with the preview for next week, I'm like, Whitney, this is kind of fucked up, what you're doing. It is, but I think she's trying to state claims on Trixie, is what it is. Yeah. She's she, like, well, Trixie's my friend. So it's like, you know, and yes, they did a collab together for, like, her makeup line or whatever. But right. it's like, okay, come on. <laughs> um, they go to their suites. Uh, Lisa joins Whitney and Angie by the pool and Lisa going, I don't usually love surprises, but the Angie K surprise I love. (laughs) Meredith leaves her room and walks past them and does not say hi to any of them. And just the way she just smiles and just continues walking. Whitney goes, that's weird that she didn't say hi. (laughs) It's, I I don't, I don't find it weird that she didn't say hi because she had literally just greeted y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was just walking by. But also, Whitney plays dumb. I'm sorry. Whitney, like, being like, I don't get why Meredith would have a problem with Anne. Like, you know that, like, like when she last episode was like, is Heather going to be mad? You know Heather's going to be mad. And yeah. what happens at the end of the episode with her and Mary, Whitney, Whitney earned that, in my opinion, because of shit like this, where it's like you're being the, like, Oh, I, I'm kind of surprised she didn't say hi to you. And blah, blah. it's like you know where the alignments are. Yeah, you're you're, you're such you're so well, smart. You're, you're in this not that, new, right? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is season 
four. Like, you know what the fuck you're doing at this point. Like, you're not dumb. And you're also always the person organizing this shit, right? You're always the person moving the chess pieces. I I feel. Whitney has a big hand in that, like, every time. Um, Meredith says hi to Heather in her room and Meredith's like, oh, you got a water bed? And Heather's like, I got the water bed. And then like they cut to Mary who can, you can, can hear Meredith and Heather like cheering or whatever. And Mary just going, Heather has a big mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Heather's like, what is the whole thing with Angie about? Like, this is your trip. Meredith goes, you know what, Heather? There are so many bigger things going on in this world right now. If this is what makes her happy, it reflects on her, not me. <laughs> I, which was foreshadowing for later, which, you know, I was like, okay. Whitney's like, you know, I thought Meredith was fine at the, you know, Fresh Powder event. Like, she didn't have an issue with you. And she goes, so she chose this, like, passive-aggressive way of excluding me. It's fake. And, uh, which is going to be Angie's favorite word this episode. Well, in multiple languages. Um, <laughs> I I do feel like part of this was, like you were saying earlier, like I don't like excluding housewives. And part of this is on Meredith. She knew Angie was a housewife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I don't, she literally says, I don't know why she thought she would be invited. It's like, because you all have contracts. Um. <laughs> like, I, I get that you're not supposed to really acknowledge the fourth wall. But, like, Meredith, like, at the end of the day, like, Whitney maneuvered things in such a way to cause drama, but Meredith set her up for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meredith set the stage for this bullshit because she knew someone would do it, right? right? Because production would come to somebody and go, Angie has not been invited. You're friends with her. You need to invite her on this trip. Yeah, and I was definitely in that position last week. I will say, as the episode progressed, I was like, I'm shockingly i was on merit like don't exclude somebody but i was like yeah meredith i get why you're annoyed with angie (laughs) no i get why she's annoyed at angie but i also don't think that it should have anything to do with her being invited on the trip yeah because you knew that that was going to happen you knew what you were doing when you excluded her yeah yeah, yeah. you were creating a storyline yeah so like stop acting like this is not something that you set up on purpose sure um, they all start to eat by the pool and, and grab food. Angie goes, hey, Mary, come on over here, girl. And Mary going, I'm not coming over there. Please stop talking to me like that. I don't like it. Mary has no fucking filter. But then also proceeds to walk over there. But like but sits, then sits on the next set of chairs so that they kind of have to yell to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so like, it's, uh, it's so fucking funny to me. Angie like doesn't really know how to handle it at this point too. Like she's just feeling like, okay, like I can't be like, damn, that was rude. And like start a fight. She has to just kind of like take it. Mary asks Whitney, like, Whitney, like, why are, why are you here early again? And Whitney goes, so, like, Trixie is, like, one of my good friends. And Mary goes, that's why you're here early? <laughs> Tri- and Trixie, or Whitney goes, yeah, Meredith invited me, so, like, I reached out to Trixie. And Mary goes, it just feels childish. <laughs> I, appre- like, I appreciate Mary's, like, she, Mary would be a terrible person to be around oh, in real yeah. life. Do not get me wrong. But her lack of a filter to just be like, it just seems childish, is great for a show like this. Because it, like, so, like, helps, like, sort of, like, she doesn't, like, the people, the critiques some people have on, like, confessional housewives who only keep it in the confessional, you don't have to worry about that with Mary. 
Mary yeah. is just going to say everything to your fucking face. Like the I will say though, she has a reason to be questioned as to why she's on this trip. If you don't want to be here, why are you? Oh here? yeah. No, it doesn't make any like, sense. Like I would have if I was her. Or if I was um uh uh uh, uh Lisa. Yeah. When when she did that, I would have gone. Why are you here? She's literally only here because she's Meredith. Like, she cares about Meredith, and that's it. And she's here because there's seven rooms. Or that. And she's the friend of. Yeah, there's that. Um, yeah. Uh, Angie goes uh, to when Whitney or Mary says that it feels childish. Angie goes, I know it might feel childish to you, but Whitney's trying to be inclusive. So I don't think. And then Mary has like a, like, it's taking a mid, like, bite of food. It goes, Oh, I wasn't even talking to you. Uh, she is the worst but it's amazing (laughs) meredith then comes out as everyone's by the pool and meredith goes like i brought gifts for my guests and uh, angie going very audibly going (laughs) her guests this is where i got pissed with angie because i was like my problem with angie is that she prefaces all of like in the last two episodes of like I mean, I want things to work with me and Heather. I want things to work with me and Meredith. I don't want to, you know, have issue. I don't know why there's issue. But then, like, you're being very vocal and, like, passive-aggressive in these moments to where it, like... No, I'm sorry. Angie was... Yes, she was being passive-aggressive, but so was Meredith, and Meredith started it. So, Meredith Meredith could have walked out and said... I have gifts for everybody. Angie, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were going to be here or I would have brought you something. All That's all she had to say. Sure. Because it is her job as hostess to be gracious as the hostess. That, yeah. That's the point. Like, yes, she was, she should be upset that this person was invited without her consent, but she also should be upset at Whitney for that. But also the behind the scenes shit of you knew she yeah, was yeah, going to be yeah. invited. So it was like, there's like layers to this. <laughs> there's a lot of pageantry going on. But like, I think in this moment, if Meredith had handled that better, Angie wouldn't have popped off. Right. But she like starts, like you mentioned, what happens. Like Meredith like is passing around the gifts or whatever and kind of goes past Angie's because she doesn't have a gift for her. Which I get she doesn't have a gift for her because she's, you know, you know. Right. They're all, they're t-shirts that she made ahead of time. Uh. Uh, Meredith got them shirts that say no tricks, all trust, which, cause it's like a trust building trip or whatever. But it's also a playoff of Trixie. Um, but also like, yeah, we do have Trixie. She's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Angie, but then Angie very audibly tells Lisa and very audibly goes, I'm sure they're just donated shit from other companies. Yeah. See, and Meredith also could have diffused the situation by saying, you know what? I didn't bring something for you on the trip. But I'll get you one when we get home. Sure, I don't think she Meredith could, wants to even go that. I don't far, think though. she does either. She doesn't want the pr- the 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 operating costs on the printing press of those t-shirts to go anywhere near Angie K. She's like, <laughs> she is like the scum on her shoe. But that's fine because then she can then bill it to Whitney. There, and that's that can, the that's the read. Yeah. That's the read, right? You you do all the things and then you bill Whitney for for. 
Angie's room on the trip and for that's what I would have done. Or cut the the t-shirt you did have for Whitney, just cut it in half down the middle. <laughs> yes, that would have been great. Yeah. That would have been great. Meredith says, okay, so I've organized like a shopping trip that we're gonna go on where basically we each shop for each other's outfits or someone else as like a trust building exercise. Like, you know, I'll do it with Lisa, you know, since we're trying to work on our stuff. No costumes, don't worry. And then Mary goes, maybe a new ring. <laughs> <laughs> And just chuckles, and she's just so proud of herself. I missed that. As Le- and Lisa did not look happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so good. Mar- they, they're like, she's pairing everyone up. She's like, okay, Heather and Whitney, we got to get bad weather together, so you'll do each other. Monica, I thought I'd pair you with Mary, et cetera. And Angie, you know, I didn't know that you were going to be here, so, I mean, you can do either with yourself or you can be with Whitney, whatever. And Angie goes, thank you for acknowledging that you didn't invite me. It's all good. And see, I think that that comment would have been innocuous had she not been rude before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monica goes, <laughs> Monica was such a queen this episode. Monica was the viewer for me. She had such great reactions to yeah. where I was like, how oh, I would react in the moment. Monica goes, ooh, right out of the gate. We're sassy to the hostess. <laughs> and, An- and Angie gets pissed at Monica being like, you know, she's coming into the group as my friend. The minute she can take it for somebody else, she does. And that was very fourth wall pullback of like, because to me, like Angie exhibited some things that felt like very early Jen Shaw. Like the, like I brought you into the group and you're not being, you know, explicitly loyal to me no matter what. And like, you know, I'm your in, like she thought that simply like by bringing Monica on the show, Monica should agree with everything that she says. Yes. But like, you should also know that the history of friends coming on the on housewives you either turn on them or they turn on you right. that's how that works it never yeah it, it always like, happens. look at orange county tamara and jen yeah exactly um angie's talking to lisa and whitney in her room and angie goes light is being shed on the fakery monica's like ooh, right out the gate what a fucking bitch <laughs> and monica walks in and goes i can hear you guys from barbie malibu room it sounds like you're upset <laughs> <laughs> Angie's like, you know, I'm glad you're here because I was really you making that comment. It's like, how about checking with me? Like, I introduced you to be the you to the friends here. And Monica goes, I mean, you were very rude to the hostess. (laughs) Angie goes, was I, though? (laughs) Were you? Wait, what? I just love how Whitney has skated out of the it's not Whitney. Nothing is getting onto Whitney. That's that's my frustration here. Yeah. All of the anger and vitriol is going towards Angie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Whitney brought her. Be yeah. angry at Whitney. That's fair. Uh, Monica goes, and as your friend, I would tell you that that was rude. And she goes, I think you should take it up with her, meaning Meredith. Angie goes, and I have plans to do that tonight. That's where I was like, and I get it's like the, you know, I'm going to address it with her. But when we see how it plays out in the dinner, and let, let's be real. Angie is very thirsty. She is very yeah. like, we said it last couple episodes, like with the interactions with her husband, like she's plotted out her path on this show and like where to, you know, and it's like, that's my frustration when she d- says stuff like, you know, I just want to get to a better place with Meredith. I just don't understand. Like it's, you know, I, you know, have the best intentions. And then she comes in fighting. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you plan you plan this. Yeah. In a way. Um, they all go out shopping. <laughs> what is Greek for planned? <laughs> <laughs> oh. What God. is Greek for orchestrated? We'll get to it. We'll get, 
Oh, I'm sick of it. I'm so sick. Lisa, got, Lisa, as soon as they get in the sperm, went, guys, I'm so upset about my ring. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> they each go to the, the store. Mary and Monica are by a separate store, like, by themselves. I don't know why they weren't, like, with everyone else. Mary walks in and immediately is like, oh, wow. And then goes, somebody farted. <laughs> they all start shopping for each other. I, I love you know, the, Mary and her, uh, the things that she can smell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Call back to season one, episode one. So she said Jid smelled like hospital. Uh, <laughs> didn't she get her odor glands? <laughs> like, wasn't that a thing? I, God, this fucking show. They're they're searching uh, they're searching for looks for each other. I love the lower third for Angie. Just says Angie and herself. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mary in her confessional. I don't mind being paired up with Monica, but I think I'll do all the picking. I'll pick for me and her. <laughs> yeah, but I will say, um, Monica comes out with the dress that Mary picked out, and it actually looked really good on Monica. Like I was like this like black sparkly like sort of like. It was really cool, and you as I, kooky as as Mary's closet is, yeah, and as kooky as she usually looks when she styles herself, she's really good at styling other people. And she and the Monica got her this like yellow sort of like sort of like trench dress or whatever that she really liked. It's like oh, it's like citron or whatever. I kind of liked that they were bonding. Yeah, it's a, like it was an interesting little dynamic. It, yeah, that that'll be well. It's interesting. We'll see how that develops later on in the season. And Monica was like, you could tell Monica was like so happy that she picked out something that Mary liked with the with the thing. And then she sh- shows her something else and goes, "Do you like this?" And Mary goes, "No." And and she goes, "Okay." Um, <laughs> uh, they start showing their picks to each other. Um, uh, Lisa, uh, Meredith, and Heather and Whitney. Oh my God. <laughs> the look that Lisa, this was fucked up. Meredith keeps press, pre, like, was always saying, like, you know, it's a trust exercise. So, you know, we're not going to screw each other over. Bullshit. This I look just on innocuously Lisa, picked out this very mesh top and a, a belly dancer skirt. Aren't with you so? No, nothing else underneath. No, nothing else. Just one hip covered. Meredith goes, the top is very Mugler, which I know is your vibe. And the bottom is not really you, but something out of your comfort zone. And Lisa, your confessional, obviously Meredith hates me. Is it Mugler? Or is it? It was mid- not Mugler. It was like. Or oh. is it mid 2000 emo kid? It was like Santi Alley. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, um, she, Lisa's like, I'm not nude, but close. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. It was like, I could have, like, saw her full ass. Like, it was... Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, Heather's look for Whitney is no better. Yeah. Whitney goes, I'm Kate Middleton on top and a lab tech on the bottom. It was something. Uh, Whitney goes, can Angie come out and show hers? And Heather goes, oh, God, I forgot. And then Meredith laughs. <laughs> Heather and Meredith were very like I thought Heather and Meredith were very mean girly last season too as well. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I maybe Angie's just the perfect victim for me where I don't care that they are doing this to her, but it was like something I found it really funny. How they how Heather and Meredith were like kind of playing off of each other. And j- j- oh god. So then Angie comes out in this like Grecian cut like thing like you know, because I'm, you know, I love my Greek heritage. Opa. <laughs> Married to the confessional. The outfit is, it's like a Greek tragedy, <laughs> which is a good line. Guys, did you know that Angie K is Greek? 
Yeah. I literally, at this point, it's like, I can't even, like, I can't even look at a Greek salad anymore, like, yeah. which is, like, my favorite salad. But <laughs> and also, not think of Angie, which is a problem. But also, can we talk about how this dress is, like, a, it is costumey. Yeah. It looks like someone took uh, a Greek goddess costume out of the bag from Spirit Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then dyed it this awful olive green, but with a metallic sheen on it. Yeah. And it's just, it's nasty. It looks awful on her skin tone. And it would be one thing if somebody else picked it. She picked it for herself. Yeah. Can we also say, because I, I was going to maybe say it at the dinner, but I'll say it now because it's the same. Her face was crazy this episode. Like the and it was the eyebrows. The eyebrows were like full, just like half circles. They were like it's like she was a cartoon character. What was she, what, like? I I don't know. It uh, was something. It like she did not look real at certain points. I know I said it last week, but it's like she looked fucking insane. <laughs> they all so they all meet each other. Everyone at the Sprinter van. Heather goes. We look like the rejected Barbies at the bottom of the toy trunk. Like the off-brand Barbies that you get from, like, the dollar store. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mary, like, trying to have, like, a moment where she tries to, like, interact with anyone other than Meredith. Mary goes, Lisa, I love your little dance outfit. It, it reminds me of Milan. <laughs> what? Where in... Oh, my God. It's... <laughs> no. Has Mary been to Milan? Did someone take her to, like, an Olive Garden to be like, this is Milan? <laughs> Even then, I don't think that would fit for Milan. It's yeah. not really. I don't. I don't know where she got that. Lisa goes, "Thanks, Mary," because I'm like dying that I'm in this. I'm also still really upset about my ring. I almost started to cry. I just gotta like compartmentalize. <laughs> they then. I wish she would hurry up and compartmentalize because I'm like okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I I get that this is a sentimental ring. I get that it was an expensive ring. I get that this you lost it just mere hours before. But ma'am, this is television mm. and you have talked about it too much. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was it was batch insane how many times she was bringing it up. Like it it ugh. But then okay, but Lisa then just starts spiraling at this point. Because they say that, okay, we're going to dinner at this place, Copley's. And they look, Lisa looks up in fo- on her phone and goes, oh, my God. Formerly Cary Grant's estate, now a restaurant, and I'm wearing this. I'm literally, it's literally so triggering to me right now. I'm in a bathing suit going to a five-star restaurant. Weird, obviously. <laughs> she said that she had, speaking of Milan, that she had, like, all her outfits prepared from her shopper. In, because I guess Lisa has a shopper. Because, you know, that's the thing. First, I lost my ring, and now I'm going to dinner at a five-star restaurant in my bikini with a knockoff Givenchy top and this skirt that I stole from a Middle Eastern dancer. This is no longer a fun girl's trip. This is like The Shining, and I'm trapped. And next thing you know, two twins are going to knock on my door and say, Red Rum. Where does she go with, like, like, what is her her brain, like... (laughs) It's like, I'm here one place, and then it's like, God, I'm in, like, fucking, you know, Timbuktu the next. Like Also, like, I'm pretty sure that Meredith and her have gotten, like, 
banned from ever owning any Mugler or Givenchy, mm -hmm. anything for comparing it to this top. This top is found in the back corner of Hot Topic. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. In 2006. Like, in like the discount bin. In the discount bin. This is awful. This is not... This is not designer. What are you talking about? Ugh. It's uh, mesh with little stars on it. It's what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, they arrive at Copley's. This gay waiter. Oh, my who God. Is like, so, ladies, can, is, he was so like. It is Palm Springs. He had a little pep in his step. <laughs> it is Palm Springs. Everyone's got sugar in the tank. Yeah. They get, he gets their drink orders. Mary asks. <laughs> uh, moments, but you know, moments before disaster strikes, Mary asks Heather, "Hey, Heather, what are you ordering?" And she goes, "Espresso martini." And then they say, "Can we get it with tequila?" What the fuck is happening, Jessel and Roni? And now, espresso martinis with tequila are not a thing. Um, um, martinis are made with gin or vodka. It's like. This and and if they if they were a thing before after this episode, this should be a clear prime example of why you don't ex drink espresso martinis with tequila, especially not five of them. Ugh. But also, like, uh, we got a comment on one of our videos where, uh, no, it was a comment that we had left on somewhere, and someone responded something about, um. Don't knock it until you try it. Apparently, it's a like a really common thing now. It's not just Jessel and uh, Heather. It's ev this is like the new like what no. was that? What was that uh, Spigliano thing that was oh, happening? Oh, the Negroni. No, a Negroni. I actually would want to drink. Yeah, like but uh, but that's what i'm saying it's like a, a viral drink that everyone is trying right now and everyone loves and it'll get but like not everything that goes viral is correct sometimes viruses are bad <laughs> and, we, and we should avoid them <laughs> yeah. looking at you corona <laughs> i love that so meredith leads the cheers and they cheers to new beginnings and fun times meredith goes let's have a fabulous fun day tomorrow and you hear in the background mary go let's have a good night's sleep <laughs> Mary was like not interested in this being on this trip at all. <laughs> Whitney then suggests playing a game, and Mary just goes no. <laughs> and they just do it. They're just ignoring her. Mary's just piping up in the background her thoughts, and they just are acting as if she's not there. <laughs> just like she's the Squidward of this group. Yeah. <laughs> Whitney's like, okay, how about we all bring up something about us that might shock the group? Meredith's like, okay, I'll start. It's the first thing that came to mind. Maybe maybe people don't know this, but I used to come to Palm Springs as a child to visit my grandparents. Mary goes, that's shocking. <laughs> Whitney writes poems. Um, Heather is getting birds, and we find uh, into birds, and Mary uh, revealed that she had an African gray at one point. Mary says, you know, I'm truly a loner. Everyone thinks I'm like a socialite, and I'm always out. Who has ever thought that Mary M. Cosby was a socialite? Not I. <laughs> also, I thought Mary wasn't playing. Yeah, <laughs> she's given up at this point. She's like, I mean, I could just sit here or I could just give in to these idiots. <laughs> like Lisa going, I did get my first second piercing this week. I'm like, so naughty. 
there's you can only get one second piercing. I think she. Well, yeah, what did she mean by that? She was like, is it that she has one and then like I think she means the some, one besides like the classic one. That yeah, you get some for, like some people just consider that like like a a second hole, like a, or a second piercing. <laughs> she didn't have to say it like that, that. That's how it's referred to is either you got a second hole or a second piercing, but it's specifically the smaller one on your earlobe. But like uh, any piercing other than your first one is your second one. Yeah. And how can you get a multiple of the second piercing? It's still just for one. It, it's also, it's also not because like it's both pairs of ears. Like you right. can it's not like one and then whatever. Uh, Monica just goes, okay, y'all are boring. <laughs> yeah. And straight up lays out her confession. Like the, the, my, the people at my Nana's senior center are like more interesting at this point than these conversations. So Monica just goes, okay, if, if none of these, like, uh, your bird, whatever. So I fucked my brother-in-law for 18 months. <laughs> oh Lisa just God. goes, whoa. <laughs> and I think the craziest thing about that wasn't even her doing that. Meredith asked, like, one question about, like, so is it, like, whatever? And, like, she laid out that it was her... Uh, her husband's sister's brother and, and, and husband's sister's hus- husband. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, she just goes, Oh wow. And then Mary just goes, okay, cheers to that. And then like, they don't talk about it anymore. It's like, what? Like that would be a full length. Like, you know, I would want every detail of that situation. Like you would think as much time as this cast spent, like on trying to figure out the whole Mary married to her grandfather-in-law thing in season one yeah like you would think that they would have spent more time on this weirdness of course no and of course mary was the one to be like cheers to that being like (laughs) i knew i liked you monica uh uh whitney has them then play a game warm and fuzzy cold and prickly she's just making these up these aren't things (laughs) like these aren't actual games Heather well, goes, she had to come up with a different name than Rose and Thorn. Yeah. Heather goes, it sounds like a laser hair removal technique. <laughs> Pretty much. So you have to say something to the person to your right. You have to say something you love about them and then something that they can improve on. Heather starts with Angie. And Heather brings up, like, you know, their high school days and, like, you know, old Titans. You know, that's, you know, that's our warm and fuzzy. Heather goes, cold and prickly is just... And she's, like, pausing and thinking. And Angie goes... Give it to me. <laughs> okay. And then Heather goes, I don't trust you. And Lisa goes, what? I'm sorry. The fact that she's, that Lisa was more scandalized by I don't trust you than, than I fucked your- my, <laughs> like, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't understand. Also, it's very hard to tell like levels of like anything on Lisa Barlow because everything's the same. What? Yeah. I don't understand. What? So, You're out of Diet Coke? What? You slept with your uh, brother-in-law? What? You don't trust her? I don't understand. What? I still don't have my ring. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa's like, why? I'm just curious. Uh, Heather's like, you know, because it felt like you, you were all over Jen, and that didn't work out, and then you're all over now Lisa, and that didn't work out. And Lisa goes, that perception is not reality. <laughs> 
Heather's like, you know, I've known Heather tells Erica Fessler, like, I've known Angie longer than anyone in this group, but she continues to buddy up with everyone except me. And that's why I don't trust her. I don't trust girls that suck the biggest dick in the room. I just don't. And I'm like, okay, that at least makes a little more sense. Like, I get that. That is still like Heather's self-consciousness. Don't get me wrong. And, and, you know, part mainly a her problem. But like, why are you going to fault somebody for sucking a big dick? I mean, I don't understand. Oh, you meant figuratively. Okay. Figuratively. Okay. But, like, I get it. Like, I didn't know. Until Heather told us this season, I didn't know her and Angie went back in high school. And yeah. you wouldn't have gotten an indication from it last season. Yeah. They, you know, Angie was sort of really focused on Jen and that sort of, like, you know, side of things. Um, Lisa goes, well, you were all over Jen, so should we not trust you? Heather goes, maybe not. <laughs> Heather's, uh, you know, asking Lisa, like, why are you so invested right now? Like, like you're, just, like, you're basically talking more than Angie is, like, in, in, and more offended than Angie is right now. Heather, Heather then brings up the book comment from the brunch that Angie made, and Angie's like, it was a joke, you know, whatever. Angie says at one point, what have you done to be my friend? And Heather goes, that's not, why I'm on, that's not what I'm on trial for right now. <laughs> you're the one on trial, like, essentially. <laughs> like, okay, like, this, uh, this still seemed weird. And, and I loved Monica just being like, let's move on. Like, we're, I'm over this. Um, at this point, Heather is on espresso martini number three, to keep in mind. I looked over Jeez. and like, it was like, oh, that was quick. Like, they should have had a counter on screen. Yeah. Um, Meredith tells Whitney her, um, her good, whatever, the warm and fuzzy, is that her, your, I feel like your intentions are genuinely positive. One, no, you don't think that. And two, you're right to not think that. Whitney is not like, like, your intentions are always good. No, Whitney's intentions are to stir shit. I'm at that point right now with Whitney in terms mm. of like, I don't think that's like, she may preface it with that, but it's not, you know. Mary goes, what's the prickly? And Whitney goes, that I invited Angie. And Meredith goes, no, I wasn't going to say that. I think you need to work on your communication being much clearer. And... Uh, Whitney goes, yeah, I mean, I'm in therapy for that right now. Like, cause she talked about it with like Justin and stuff like that. <laughs> Mary goes, wait, Meredith. No, that's not what you said about her bringing her friend today. Like you didn't like that. Mary, keep, <laughs> Mary, even keeping Meredith honest. That's where I was like, good. You're keeping the girls honest. You're like staying on their toes. Meredith goes, well, I'm not getting into that. I just thought that it was odd. Um, we then go to Monica doing Lisa. Monica tells Lisa, you know, I think you were a good sport, you know, being here and you're basically just your thong. But then she gets to the prickly and she goes, so as someone going through a divorce, it was hard to listen all day to you losing a $60,000 ring. I mean, yeah. She was like, you were like my $60,000 ring, my $60,000 ring. And Lisa's like, I didn't say it over and over, but noted. And you, then you did. And then they show the compilation of like eight different times in which Lisa's brought this up in like a less than 24 hour period. It was very much um what's her name from Beverly Hills? You know how the, uh, expensive these glasses are? $25,000. 58,000. <laughs> Lisa in her confessional, "What's your deal with me, Monica? When you can afford to buy a $58,000 ring, you'll care about it too." <laughs> Uh, I, I, and I know it wasn't a Monica's face, but I was like seeing Monica cry over her Louis Vuitton bag. I was like, Oh, that wasn't nice. I'm protective of Monica now. Yeah. Uh, Lisa goes, uh, you know, same things I have, you have. And Monica goes, no girl, I have like a hundred dollar ring. You have like a $60,000 ring. It's very different. 
Monica goes, you were, you're very blessed. So all I'm saying is just be aware. And Lisa goes, I work very hard for my blessing. And Monica goes, that is amazing. Everyone here works hard. Monica, good for her. Monica was good. Like she didn't feel too fresh and new and was like, you know, no, I'm going to hold my own and I'm going to be as passive aggressive and whatever. And like shady as everybody else. Like, yeah, well, I like her. But also like pointing out privilege and pointing out like, hey, we're in different situations and that's okay. We're still equals, but you need to understand that when you go on and on and on and on and on about all these expensive things while your fingers are still full of other gorgeous rings that yeah. cost just as many digits, right? And I'm sitting over here with a wedding ring that I'm literally about to give up because I'm getting divorced that we got at Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, you need to check yourself sure. real quick. Heather is now on martini number four. <laughs> She's like, stack them and rack them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This oh, woman. girl. Did she even eat? Maybe like very little. But remember, like I, I was like, wasn't your thing at the reunion basically your Mormon shame in terms of like drinking? I wouldn't be pounding four fucking espresso martinis at yeah. this dinner. Like when you're fresh off of that. I do. I, I agree that I think that that was that was a front and it was just oh, yeah. protecting Jen. I think that I think that she used a real thing and amplified it in order to protect. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angie then goes, so I'm going to do a fun dinner toast because, you know, Greeks love to toast. Oh, my God, you're Greek. Hey, Eamon. I, I just I have a fun fact. Did you know that Angie... <laughs> Is Greek. What? <laughs> like at this point, it's like, do you are you being funneled money by like the Greek tourism board? Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? This can't be your big character trait. She's she's funded by Big Olive. Yeah. Angie's like Angie Fuck. Angie says that, you know, in my house, you know, we do a word of the day. And Whitney goes, like a Greek word, and the way that Whitney is like staring at Heather, it's almost as if Whitney's saying, "Like, oh my God, if she says Greek one more fucking time." <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Angie then goes, "I want to share a word that I feel is kind of encompassing this evening, and a little bit of this trip to me." And then it's Pacifico, which means fake, and I'm like. Here we go. Here we go. But it was such a, it, like, she wanted that. Like, the fact that, you know, uh, Heather saying that she didn't trust An uh, Angie gave Lisa the what remark. No one reacts to, to Angie saying this. <laughs> Lisa just, like, continues eating her dinner as if this wasn't, like, the big shade. It was such a dud. It fell so flat. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because both Monica and um, Angie have come on new this season and both of them feel like someone who is fully aware of what show that they have come on yep. to but monica is ready to actually step into the role and gets it and i feel like angie is stepping on trying way too fucking hard for way moments way too hard and it's like it, this is the two sides of what you can get now in this era of housewives yeah. right when you, everybody is aware the you know the whole thing started 17 years ago with, you know, OC. 
And like everyone has seen all of that, right? So you don't come in with no knowledge. Nobody does. But these are the two different archetypes. Right. Either you're successful and like getting good and doing good housewifey things like Monica, or you're doing whatever this is. Whatever this is. <laughs> Angie goes, I came here with an open heart. I thought we were friends. And Meredith goes, you publicly said that you will never be friends with me. Why would I invite you? And why would you want to come here? And we were like, because Angie's confused of like when I said that in public. In pu- she makes a point in her confessional to say, when have I ever said that in public? And I love how the first thing that she asked Meredith was, who told you that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's your source? <laughs> I don't know what Meredith is quoting. It's one of those things when Meredith said it, I'm like, it sounds correct, but I don't have like the... Right. The article in which Angie said that or whatever. I love Monica going, we love a receipt, girl. Let's see it. As she's like shoving food in her mouth, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Angie goes, you treated me very inappropriately. And maybe I should actually explain to you how you made me feel. And Meredith goes, I'm not really interested. And then Heather starts <laughs> cracking up. <laughs> Meredith was great. Like, like when you have someone so tryhard as Angie, Meredith's responses were perfect to me of just yeah. being like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Angie goes, you're being very rude. And Meredith goes, well, then you can leave. <laughs> like, I, Meredith just was waiting for the excuse to tell Angie to leave. Like, she was like, uh-huh. okay, we're there. Good. I'm, I can do it. And Angie goes, I'm not leaving. Meredith goes, you are not invited by me. You can go. Why do you want to be here? You're just a user. (laughs) At this point, it is very clear that everyone has substances inside of them Uh, to varying degrees. But, oh, boy, this is some slurred speech. Angie goes, I'm a user. And Meredith goes, you don't want to start with me, sweetie pie. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. It was so like what is whatever like whatever the the alcohol slash possibly pill combination that's in Meredith's body is like animating her in a way that it was like she's adding wise to every syllable. <laughs> it was it was like like you can actually physically get someone to Moira Rose. Like it was like <laughs> Angie's like talks that she's been kind to her and Meredith disagrees. Uh, Angie goes. How come you called me and asked me all these great questions on building a house? I gave you all my time. And Meredith goes, I will be happy to write you a check for your hours and you can go, which is such a good fucking line. (laughs) Oh, Meredith is great at this. And when Meredith makes the line about I'll write you a check, Monica starts laughing, but like covers her mouth to like hide it. Like it was like (laughs) no one can see that that was fucking hilarious. Angie goes, what are you going to write me a check for? Your jewelry that got fucking cobwebs and dust on it? You haven't sold a piece since 2015. And Monica goes, oh, my God, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and then Meredith goes from Meredith from Salt Lake by way of New York to full Manchester, like, like, goes, you're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> like, it's like, what is going on? Angie goes, you rent your fucking life. Everything about you is fake. You're a fucking fake bitch. And Monica grabs Angie's arm and goes, stop. And Angie goes, Monica, don't tell me how to act. 
Monica in her confessional. I don't know who the hell Angie thinks she's going to fight. She's like 4'11 and 70 pounds. Uh, In my notes, British Meredith. (laughs) She goes, this is lame and embarrassing for you. Angie goes, you're embarrassing, and I'm going to tell you why. And then everyone starts, like, talking to, like, try to, like, call. Angie goes, no, blah, blah, blah. And Monica's like, no, stop. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. And then Meredith, you can leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, fucking, like, she's fucking Gandalf. Like, at the. <laughs> None shall pass. Uh, Angie goes, I'm not leaving. And then Meredith gets up and goes to the waiter and goes, excuse me, sir. Can you, can we get security, please? Get security. <laughs> <laughs> and then going to Chad, the waiter, this fucking gay twink who just like, is just trying to get by. And Meredith goes, excuse me. She needs to leave. I am the hostess of the dinner and her behavior is unacceptable. I'd like for her to leave. And Chad just goes, I mean, I'll do what I can. <laughs> and the lower third says, Chad, waiter, waiter. not security. <laughs> Heather, in her, I am on my fifth espresso martini right now, and I know that is a waiter and not a security guard. <laughs> and Heather's ball cap is like full sideways. She is fucked up. She's yeah. full on fucked up. Lisa goes, look. Uh, everyone here can work on being good friends. And <laughs> Meredith then just gets up and goes, if you all think she is your friend, you stay with her. <laughs> you are nobody's friend. You are an ugly human being. <laughs> I just, I, oh. everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? And Meredith and Whitney's trying to be like, what's, what's the, what? And Meredith's like, there are things going on and there are a lot fucking deeper than this nonsense. And she's like crying. She's like, there are children who are going to be disabled for the rest of their lives. And what? even Mary in the professional goes, what's going on? <laughs> what is happening? Mary, Mary goes, I think Meredith probably should not have drank that last drink. Meredith then gets up at leaves and Lisa starts to follow her and, and Meredith's being, this is nonsense for someone who's just not even invited to this trip. <sighs> Heather is joking with Whitney and goes, Whitney, this is all your fault. Go follow her. And Whitney goes, Heather, don't do that. We're moving forward. <laughs> Heather's like, fresh powder for a start. <laughs> blitzed. Fully blitzed. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And she's just crying as Lisa's like leading her out of the restaurant. She just goes, I'm dealing with a lot of shit that's very serious. She needs to go, Lisa. Get her the fuck out. And she's like literally sobbing in Lisa's shoulder and hyperventilating. Like, uh, uh, uh." (laughs) the audacity to cry on Lisa's shoulder like this after dressing her like that. I know. It's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, Lisa's trying, though, to, like, be the the reasonable person here. And they're like, look, I agree. Like, Angie came in hot. And, you know, but it's like, you know, I think a lot of stuff is going on. Sometimes we can be like high school. And, like, you know, 
There are a lot of factors that we've all had to go through in a lot of our lives. And it's been a lot. And the way Meredith, Meredith is like staring at her as she says it. And when she like, here's the fact that Angie, that Lisa's trying to reason. She just switches and goes, no, if I want to go for the jugular and talk about this shit, the rumors and nastiness about her. Oh, I can do that. You know what? You want me to go there with husband? She doesn't even say it. The caption says her husband. She does not say her. She goes. She, she might say with her husband. Yeah. She, it just sounds like husband. It's like, where did that participle go? <laughs> you want me to go there with husband? I can go there. Don't fuck with me. Tell her to fuck off. <laughs> what the fuck is this? This needs to be a staged play. Like, this is, like, next level. Lisa says in her confessional that these are kind of old behaviors from Meredith. First, it's, I don't want you around. Then it's, I have information on you, which is true. Like, she did that with Lisa. She did that with Jen. Like, it's, it, that is Meredith's pattern. Don't get me wrong. But Lisa says, I feel like the real victim is Angie and that she understands how she's feeling because she went through that last year. They then return to the table, and Angie goes, Meredith, look at me. I was very hurt, and I may not have approached this in the right way. And then Meredith just uh, starts sobbing again. <laughs> it's like, it's enough. I've had enough of her. <laughs> uh, Lisa's like, okay, we literally have to go right now. Like, by the way, like, they're like, like, the idea that they were doing this in what Lisa said earlier was a five-star restaurant, which is not, this is no way by means a five-star restaurant. Let's it's a patio with fairy lights. Yeah, come on. They get in the Sprinter van to go back home. Heather, Heather says, guys, make sure I get home without a black guy. Like, <laughs> and then they're in the Sprinter van. Meredith is now just crying. She's like, like, like she, like it's a lot, and she's crying into Monica's shoulder now. And Monica just goes, "I'm sorry for whatever you're going through." I'm like, "Good." Monica's playing like the mid, like not middle, but like sort of like I'm gonna be the comforter, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Whitney asks Meredith what you know Meredith's going through. Whitney's like, "Is it family?" And Meredith goes, "No, friends." Let's just table this for now. I have something that is much bigger weighing on me. I can't go there. It's just ugly. There's nothing positive. There's never going to be anything positive. And I don't know what the fuck Whitney was doing. Whitney goes, I'm going to be honest. I think this is a very convenient thing right now. Whitney, this is why I don't like you. Like... Like you, I, Winnie so desperately wants to be the honesty police in the worst fucking times. If you want to broach this with Meredith, broach it when she's fucking sober and not like an emotional wreck. Like this yeah. is not the moment to be like Meredith. You're hiding things. What are you doing? Come on! Like she's hiding like parts of speech in her sentences, like. You can't expect her to be transparent about her life. Yeah. And Whitney goes, because every time I try to have a conversation with Meredith, there is some big extraneous situation. And then she does this longer thing in her confessional about like, it happens every time with Meredith. My UPS package got misdelivered. My dog bit my cousin, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I get it. But also the moments in the past, I get that Meredith may do this, but the moments in the past that Meredith has done this 
hasn't been for like the innocuous shit that ma- that Whitney's kind of like making fun of in this confessional. It's been when her dad died, right, and when her nep- nephew, I believe nephew, um, tried to commit suicide, right. So it's like Whitney kind of being glib about that in the confessional. I'm like, I don't like this. I mean, maybe if there's more that we're not that we're not aware of or we're not remembering, but like I don't remember other moments of that. So like put up or shut up like yeah. give us receipts or like go away yeah meredith then just get as soon as they pull up gets up and leaves and like no i'm done i've had enough and like cries and leaves heather is just out of it in the back seat of this van just full like slumped over with her ball cap like sort of like over her face mary in her confessional i'm tired of all this fighting i didn't come for this and they aren't even good at fighting <laughs> And then Mar- this is where Mary goes off on Whitney. It's just Whitney, Monica, and Heather like slumped over. And then Mary's like towards the end of the bus. And, and we hear Mary go, she's fragile, broken up. And then you attack her. And Whitney goes, no, I didn't, Mary. I stood up for myself. What the fuck do you mean you stood up for yourself against what? And it's always, but that's how Whitney always prefaces it is like, I'm standing up for myself. I'm being strong and I have to vocalize things. It's like, girl, there's a time and a fucking place. Right. It's not, you know, it's not you standing up for yourself. Mary goes, she didn't ask for your opinion to stand up for herself. You need to grow up. (laughs) And then Whitney goes, Mary, that's very offensive. (laughs) Mary goes, grow up you deny everything you do all i said was you didn't have to say anything to her and you own and own what you do own yourself stop being this front this facade who's whitney the way you're talking you talked about me don't you go there don't talk about your don't talk about our family i never talked about you i got told about you and i'm like oh this is like a mary rage text that we saw earlier but like vocalized (laughs) like it's just like every little like every, every problem i have with you i'm venting right now right right and then she goes this is, and then she goes, you called me a pornography, sweetheart. Pornography. And Monica goes, oh. it's like, what are you gasping at? That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make any sense, but Monica knows to be upset. And <laughs> pornography. And she goes, you said you were afraid for your family for me. You went all the way to the ground. You told this whole group you wanted to take me down. You went to the dirt for me. And I'm like, I have, I was, you kind of lost me there, Mary. Cause I'm like, if I was Mary, I wouldn't want to bring up anything about her church. Yeah. We w- we should leave that in the past. Uh huh. <laughs> like, and I, I really want to forget about it. Whitney goes, I never said you do porn. And <laughs> Mary goes, I didn't say I'm porn. I, you said, no, you called me. Heather, what did you call me? What was it? And then this was the funniest moment of the episode. Heather slunched over and just leans over and goes, predator <laughs> Heather's like, like it took every fiber of her being to get that word out she's like i am drunk off my ass the room is fucking spinning but i remember everything that fucking whitney said two years ago <laughs> she's like, yeah predator you called me and my husband a predator and then storms off i mean to be fair she was correct i mean look up Miriam coffee it's kind of it's all there um so they they're leaving to go back into the motel. Whitney's the only one left in the car with Heather. And because Monica's like, Yeah, she's like sick. Like, she can't even, like, Heather's like, I can't even move right now. Like, I'm so fucked up. Can you? And she tells the driver to close the door. And the, the driver, 
I felt so bad for. She's like, that was the worst. Like she closes it. And then we just hear, give me a, give me a bag. I need a bag. And then like, you just hear the retching. <laughs> and then Whitney's like clawing at the inside get of the door. Out, get me out. <laughs> then the driver opens the door and, sh- and Whitney's like gagging, trying to get out of the, you're like sympathetic bar thing. <laughs> and then we just see how they're going. And I like, if you, and to those that are like very like put off by vomiting, like do not watch this scene. It is very graphic. <laughs> it's, it's way too graphic. And like, but everyone thought, like I thought, I saw people going around thinking that it was actually Heather like pissing herself, but no, I don't. Th- that stream was not the same kind of. That stream was the same color as those espresso martinis. Yeah, yeah. And the, if that was pee, she needs to go to the doctor. She probably needs to go to the doctor anyway for like liver poisoning. Yeah. But like, girl. But chalk chalk that up to the history of this show in Sprinter vans. Like just like <laughs> like the worst fucking luck. Oh my god, that was the uh, the end of the episode. Jesus Christ, that was a mess, but amazing. Uh, I, that that Meredith, Meredith, like the fact that that they, was iconic level housewife fight. Yes, and the fact that they teased this moment in the trailer for the season, and this is episode three. Yeah, holy shit! What do we have? Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's it looks like it looks like it's gonna get even crazier next episode. So that will be exciting to see. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination and equity and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Whoa. 
welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on down to Mexico for some fun in the sun, unless you happen to be Heather DeBro, apparently, for Real Housewives of Orange County. Team Heather. Holy shit, Team Heather. Oh my God. This, th- I don't know about you, and, I'm, and I feel like I'm going to feel this way next episode as well, just in terms of vibe, because next episode's the finale. This is starting to feel like a big brother season. Yeah, kind of. You kind of have to look at it like that. Yeah. And it's a good big brother season. Like, yeah. like take notes. Like this is as much as I am very opinionated on certain people in a negative way. I was happy with how, like it really kept me on the edge of my seat, how things were fucking moving and how, yeah. Like, you know, so, yeah. OC is great. This fucking season. Yeah. We come back from uh, the whole Tamra Jen uh, argument at breakfast where Tamra's like, you ruined your whole family and the mess of that. Uh, Emily goes, tells Tamara after Jen, because Jen's left with Taylor. Emily goes, you brought up new people at the gym. And Tamara goes, yeah, that wasn't good. <sighs> like Tamara doing the like rage and regret shit all the time is getting annoying a little bit at this point of like, you know, we see your pattern. Well, and she's been doing it all season. Yeah. She's, she does the fucked up shit and then she blames it on being drunk and then apologizes. At least this time she doesn't even blame it on being drunk. She just. Blames it on being an asshole. I guess. Yeah, it's like, this is my personality, because she goes, you all know me. Do I ever sugarcoat shit? And Gina goes, well, maybe you should put a little sprinkling. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tamara go- jokes and goes, you always fuck up my life, <laughs> life, Vicky. And then Vicky goes, whoa, whoa, back it up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Tamara has to be like, I'm joking. Like, you can't, like, joke with Vicky like that. But with that, we then go to Jen and Taylor's room and, and Taylor's like comforting Jen as Jen's like calling Ryan and she's still like upset and like crying. Jen brings up the ta- how Tamara had been saying that he had been fucking someone for a year. Uh, she's like, I'm just so fucking tired of it. And Jen says, if there's anything I need to know, it better come from your mouth because if I sit across from her and she tells me something, I'm literally going to come undone. I mean, I, I, hmm, I hope that because see i feel like he's kind of earned this but i also don't think it's right for her to be yelling at him about this sure but who else is she gonna right like i I, part of me is like well like you did do the thing and so like you deserve to get some of the blowback from this right but i'm also kind of frustrated that she's taking out all of her anger at Tamara on you yeah. Well, she said, makes a comment or confessional at one point about, like, I've held up my end, just hold up yours in reference to Ryan about, like, giving up everything that she has in terms of right. stuff. And I get that. It's like, you, like, she says it a couple times. It's like, Ryan has to fight this fight at a certain point. I can't fight it. Right. I'm not the one who cheated. I'm not, the, like, you know, at a, at a certain point, he, and I get that. It's like. But also, should he? Because other times. And when what we more have, can he do? Right. Like he's the husband. He's not the housewife. So at a certain point, is he going to get like, or is he going to have to jump in a boxing ring with Tamara? Like what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because at that point, that's kind of what it's come down to. Right. Right. Because otherwise Tamara just gets to keep going after Jen for Ryan's shit. And Ryan doesn't get hit really with it at all. Yeah. But also, we would be upset with Ryan if Ryan stepped in and was arguing directly with Tamara. It kind of is a no-win situation. Right. Uh, he goes, you already know the answer. You know there's nothing. There was never anything. And when he says there's never anything, Jen then is like, I'm confused. Like, he told me, like, he slept with her that one time. 
But also, is he talking about just the one time or is he talking about the whole year thing? She's like, it's just like getting like she's so frustrated in this moment where it's just like. Well, but that's what Tamara's wanting to do. Yeah, it, she's Tamara's trying to create doubt, trying to create confusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, why are you creating a storyline for her? At, at this point, it's not even Tamara's storyline. Right. Exactly. And it, and also like it like if that if it's her creating a storyline, her realizing like look, she would have been fine without this, I feel. Like, yeah. you know. Um they all get ready to go out for uh their individual stuff that they're doing. Uh Gina and Emily are talking about how much they like turtles in the, like and Gina literally basically does an impression of like the, I like turtles. <laughs> Whatever that meme was. <laughs> Shannon when they get into the car, I have some information about turtles. John says you can't touch them because they have bacteria. I'm like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> like, no, that's not. That's frogs. I think you're thinking about licking a toad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Tamara, Shannon, Gina, and Emily are going snorkeling with turtles. Uh, Vicky, Heather, Taylor, and Jen are going parasailing. Um, they're in separate cars. Emily tells in the car. Well, she tells it in the car, but I feel like this was a voiceover. But, like, I think it was voiceover because the topic was coming up or whatever. Emily goes, can I just say it's really messed up that Heather called me a cephalopagus? Like, she's like, God. Uh, Emily was like, I was trying to explain to Heather that, you know, she needs to laugh at herself. You know, that's why I, you know, that's the conversation. And Gina goes, she's sensitive. I think it's from her childhood. Just like you say, there's stuff from your childhood. I think her mom, like, puts her down a lot. And then they flash back to last season. And I forgot we had that scene at that dinner with her mom where we see her mom for the first time. And it's like, yeah, her mom is a lot. Like, yeah. And very anal retentive. And I was, I was so hopeful for Gina this whole episode. Yeah. Like, we'll get to it. But she, she has a lot of, great moments leading up to that really awful one. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. I was really like happy that she was somebody finally, any fucking body. It could have been a random person walking by on the street, but somebody stood up for Heather. Yeah. Like, so, like, yeah. Like anybody. Come on. Uh, Gina, professional goes, it's so easy to label Heather as a rich bitch, but it's not what it is. Heather does not mean to ever offend anybody. She's just so fucking good at it. Naturally. <laughs> Uh, um, as they're going, they're about to go parasailing. Vicky tells the story about this woman on her vacation who got like detached from the parasail or whatever. And it's like, she went flying for a very long time. She went to Nuevo Valleta. She landed on top of the building and they could not get her down. <laughs> it's like, oh God, Vicky, like just like the way Vicky spirals. And I, I, I've said it, I think this whole, I love Vicky. I, even in the moment later where Vicky says something a little iffy, I still liked her. I did. I think there is yeah. a certain level of like growth in a way that Vicky's exhibited. I think the time away has helped her in certain ways. And I get to just sort of enjoy her more as a character. now. I do think she needs to remain a friend of, yeah, I don't think she needs full-time status. And I don't think that she wants it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that maybe she, she wants it. Like, yes, she wants to be back on the show full-time, but I don't think she wants what that entails. I don't think that she wants the deep dive back into her life. I don't think that she wants having everything on front street like that. No. So like she really, I think she needs to take a step back and realize that this is where she thrives. She gets to be iconic. She gets to be campy fun. 
and not really have any of the problematic shit that she's had before. Right. And kind of get to be a little private about things. And also we know she doesn't like fighting. Right. So. (laughs) Yeah, she really, she just, she can't handle it. No. That's never been a thing about her. Shannon and Emily then are discussing the BravoCon comment, right? And Shannon's like, I want to get to the root because of why Heather is, you know, saying these bad things about me. I need to talk to Heather about it. Um, so uh, they're all the pair as they're heading out to the boat for the parasailers. Uh, Heather goes, wait, there's a massage over there. And Vicky goes, I would like a massage. I would like to be rubbed by a stranger. And I'm like, OK, Lauren Bobert. <laughs> I mean, we were all thinking it. <laughs> and then Vicky, as they get on the boat, is like describing the process of getting a happy ending for a massage and that she likes it. She's like, you do frog pose. I, I forgot the whole set. She goes, and then you go over the swoop and then it's like, bueno. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, they go snorkel. The other group goes snorkeling. Shannon is like so trepidatious of jumping in the ocean. It's like, no, I don't want, I don't want to get in my snorkel. She's like, oh God, oh no, oh no, I'm going to die. I like, It's like, just jump. Just fucking go. No, Shannon does not do good with she can, no ground under her feet. Oh, my God. Why didn't we? Well, okay. We should have started the, the, this segment with this. I'll say this. Her, I cannot believe that she is so fucking trepidatious about jumping in a pool when she is clearly not that trepidatious behind the wheel of a car. Especially with Archie in the car. Poor dog. Let's, can we, let's briefly. We should have led with this. So the story came out this week that from TMZ that Shannon uh, was arrested uh, for a DUI uh, <laughs> clipping a house, which hey, we saw the video. That st- weren't no clip. That was not a clip. That was a like she stabbed that house. That was a total eclipse. That was not an eclipse. And then there was it's a DUI hit and run because then she just started driving away and then she like parked her car like in the middle of the street with like. And they followed her apparently because like all the like it was just dragging oil like all the oil was coming out of the car because it hurt so bad, and then she was acting as if she was just walking Archie to like try to throw off the cops. I don't understand. It was so bad. That poor dog. I, the, when I found out that Archie was in the car, it's like that's fucked up. Like, and Shannon is going to. Some people say she's getting into counseling. Others say it's rehab. I think she needs to at least try rehab. We've said, I don't know if she's an alcoholic, but like, yeah. And it's like, uh, it's, and she like broke her arm. It's like, you know, obviously very reckless. And like, we do not support drunk driving. And like, it's like, it's like, and she could have killed someone. She genuinely could have killed someone. She could have killed Archie. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the real victim. Um, but like, no, I, I, and the reunion's already filmed, so it's not going to come up, but it's like, and she hasn't contacted the owner of that house at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's frustrating. And like, you know, obviously a lot of people have reactions. Gina has been very quiet. (laughs) Somebody call, um, uh, lab protective services. I feel like she was like, I want to gloat, but I know this episode's going to be bad for me. That's my hope that she knows that that she didn't want it to be the blowback again from how bad she was this episode. That's my theory. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I hope she gets the help she needs. Like that's at the end of the day. Um, 
talk <laughs> this great editing uh, cut because Tam- they're swimming with the turtles and we see shots of it. And Tamara's like, it's just so peaceful, you know, getting to swim with them. It's just so calm and relaxing. And then they cut over to the parasailing and Heather and Vicky are up on it. And she's just Vicky going, ah! <laughs> and Heather's like trying to calm her down. She's like, think of Kodo insurance. Think of post-it notes. <laughs> There's <laughs> yellow legal pads. <laughs> She's like, I can't feel the circulation in my hand. And it's just going, I want to go home. <laughs> and so she's like, and as Heather is like giving like, this is your happy place, Kodo Insurance. She's like gesturing with her hand. And Taylor in the boat goes, oh, she's saying faster. And the, they speed up the boat. And Vicky goes, ah! God damn, it was funny. It was so fucking like that kind of like sometimes it's just that simple humor that's like, yo, it gets oh, you. that's good. Um, there the turtle, the people who did the turtle stuff are doing tequila shots from their snorkel, which I thought was gross because you got salt water in there. Like, and then Emily makes a joke in her confession that it's a lot easier to do tequila shots when you're a snuffle up, I guess, because you can just take it through the trunk. Uh, they get dressed then to go out to dinner uh, back at the uh, the hotel. Um, there's a moment where Emily's like struggling to tie on her shoes because she has the one of the like the sandals that have like all the like lacy like mm-hmm. sort of like up the up the foot or whatever, and then she just like falls in the bathtub. <laughs> uh, they get to the table uh, for dinner. Heather brings up Vicky's happy ending story that she told everyone to the group. Shannon goes, "Was it a woman who did it?" And Vicky goes, "No, it's I'm all about men." <laughs> And then Heather goes, so the massage costs how much? And Vicky goes, $40. And Heather goes, and you tip how much? And Vicky goes, I do a couple hundred. And everyone just starts cracking up laughing. (laughs) Oh, God. The topic of what happened at breakfast then comes up. And Shannon tells Jen, like, you know, I was thinking, you know, with everything that happened, like, you know, I thought back to Montana when you and Tamara kind of got past things. It, you know, did you guys really get past it? Maybe that was what it is. And Jen goes, I thought we were in a really good spot. Vicky goes, we were. Or, or Tamara goes, we were. It's like, oh, Tamara, don't be that. Like, you're you're not in a good spot now because you keep pushing it. Jen's not doing, like. Yeah. Like, Jen, it's because of what you're doing to Jen. Shut up. Like, <laughs> and then Vicky goes, Ryan's the dirty one. And then Vicky gets into this and goes, I'm coming to you as a woman, a woman. You've got five kids. You should have made that marriage work. And Heather and everyone goes, don't say that. No, no. Even Shannon's like, Vicky, that's your situation, blah, blah, blah. It's, I, it's a stupid thing for Vicky to say. Yeah. It's also Vicky's old school mentality. I think yeah. she, she views marriage in that way. Where it's like, I, I could have I made it work with Don. I could have just done it. And it's like, you don't have to stay in a marriage that's terrible. Like it's, a marriage doesn't fail just because of a lack of work ethic. Right, and it doesn't also fail because somebody's a bad person always. Yeah. You know, sometimes that's the case, but sometimes you can have two good people who love each other, who are committed to each other, who are just not right for each other. Right. And that's okay to admit. Like, there's nothing wrong with admitting that. Now, I do like the fact that she's admitting that Don Gunvaldson was a good man because he was. I loved him. I absolutely was heartbroken when they when they split because mm-hmm. I thought he was such a good you pair really for liked her. Don. yeah and like he was a great dad to her kids like even though those weren't his kids you know and like I just I really liked Don yeah 
And Gina go, Gina tells Vicky, you don't even know her. You can't come here on her vacation. Vicky goes, well, hold on. Don't talk to me like that. I don't, I don't know the history of all this. And Gina goes, exactly. Then don't come in on our vacation and attack one of the girls on our vacation. And Emily goes, well, she didn't attack her. <laughs> Gina's standing up for Jen in this moment, which it was good to see with everything that happened earlier in the season and all that stuff. <laughs> Vicky telling Gina, <laughs> Vicky does like a dial motion to Gina. goes, turn it down, turn it down. How about you stay out of it? <laughs> and then Gina goes, I didn't bring it up. I'm trying to eat my chicken wings over here. <laughs> but also... The audacity of Vicky to tell Gina to stay out of it when Vicky is the one that is butting in on yeah, yeah, yeah. Jen's relationship. It's yeah, no, yeah. but Vicky goes to Jen and goes, "I left my husband for a loser, and I will never ever forgive myself." And I hope that's not you. And Jen goes, "Thank you for that." Like I think Jen knows, right? I whether Tamara set Vicky up, which is possible. I think Tamara. It's possible that Tamara set Vicky up. But that doesn't mean Vicky's not going into this with the mentality, with, right. a, with a true mentality. Right. And, like, wanting the best for Jen. Right. I actually believe that, but I think Tamara knows how to manipulate Vicky to yeah. bring that well, up. Well, and, and she also knows that Vicky's going to Vicky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, yeah. And I get Vicky's, I get why Vicky's worried. Because she, she explicitly says, I left my husband for a man, for a loser. Right. Let that, that's the thing to put in the context. It wasn't just like she met Brooks or whatever, et cetera. It's like she literally left Don for Brooks. Right. She had literally met Brooks, whether she admits to it or not. She was cheating on Don. With At least Brooks. emotionally. And like they met on the business trips and like it had been years yeah. that they had been like seeing each other like on the side, at least on these business trips and then she ended up leaving dawn for for brooks biggest fucking mistake she ever made in her life i yeah, think i agree gina goes gina sees that like vicky's trying to be genuine and gina goes her perspective is she cares about you jen i i, I apologize and vicky goes that's it you're out of line and gina just starts cracking up because it's like because <laughs> <laughs> i think at that point she realized it's fucking Vicky. There's no point. Yeah. Just let it go. <laughs> Vicky goes, I'm telling you, I left a good man for a loser and I got burned bad, bad. And I'm like, you know, but I also think there is a, like, I, uh, I think I forget if it was Emily or Pia on she speaks Bravo brought up that like, it's also not fair. I think comparing Ryan to Brooks Brooks right. was a abusive human being who was abusing Vicky, both emotionally. And I would argue physically. Yeah. And, pitted her against her children right? and tried to drive a wedge between them. Ryan's a cheater. Yeah. That's the most he's going to fucking do. Like, you know, and if, and again, if Jen and Ryan don't work out, that doesn't mean she would have stayed with Will. Right. Like, so I, you know, you have to look at it from that perspective. I feel Brooks may not have had cancer, but he definitely was one. He was. A, yes, exactly. Jen tells Vicky, you say things that you love marriage. Well, you know what? So did I. And I told the girls before, like, it's like a morning. And Vicky goes, and they're still alive. Like, I know, like you're mourning somebody who's, like, still yeah. walking among us. Jen's like, it's like, I don't know why I wasn't enough of a woman for him. And it's like, that fucking sucks to feel. Like, you know. Yeah. Jen Eric Confessional says, I have guilt for decisions that I've made in my life. I hurt people. And sometimes I feel like when it's being dished at me, maybe I deserve that. Right. And it's like, fuck you, Tamara. <laughs> like, you're such an yeah. asshole. <laughs> um, we go to the next, it's the next morning on their last day. 
Um, half of them are going shopping and then half of them are going to go see a shaman. Um, and we just see these cuts between Jen and Taylor waking up and doing like morning yoga with each other to Vicky, Shannon, and Tamara. <laughs> Vicky going, Shannon, you have toilet paper sticking out of your asshole. <laughs> oh, what? And he goes, no, that's a maxi pad. <laughs> and then we find out that Shannon hasn't brushed her teeth in five days because she forgot her toothbrush. She did say that she was putting toothpaste on her teeth and then rubbing it with the towel. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's better than not, but still. Shannon goes, I forgot, in her professional, I forgot my toothbrush. I didn't know where the lobby was. I mean, there were trains and, and it was like I was in Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> you could have picked up the phone and called. You got producers around. They might have gotten one for you. Come on. Yeah. The best part is they all get into the van and then Shannon goes, I do have some news to report. I got a toothbrush and everyone goes, yay. <laughs> well, that's also after Tamara calls the lobby and says, my roommate Shannon Bedore has not brushed her teeth in five days. I need you to bring her a toothbrush. But Heather's like, great. <laughs> on your last day here, you have your toothbrush. Uh. Uh, they're in the, the van going to, um, their events. Tamara brings up that like, you know, Oh, I was talking to Eddie of like, you know, maybe we can get Emily into like a fitness competition. And Emily talks about how, you know, it, I, it's one thing I would like maybe dream of one day, you know, I'm, I'm a, and she is out like, I'm a very goal oriented person. Like that's when I, you know, went to law school. I was like, I need that's my goal to graduate law school, et cetera, whatever. And then Gina goes, was one of your goals to get Heather DeBro to follow you on Instagram? They, this was planned. This was planned. Like, I, we won't talk about it because it's technically spoilers for next week. Gina is now flipped. If we're talking about alliances, Gina is flipped and is on the Tamara Alliance at this point. Full on. I don't know what happened. I don't know what conversation happened. Something. This is very intentional on Gina's part. Yeah. At, at this point, even. She goes, what was one of your goals to get Heather DeBro to follow you on Instagram? Heather explains, and she's talked about this before. When she left the show years ago, she basically unfollowed everyone because she was like, I had FOMO and I just unfollowed everyone because I didn't want to see it on my feed like all the time. It's painful. Yeah. I get that. It wasn't like I didn't, I disliked you as a friend. It's not like I deleted your number out of my phone. It's not whatever. I just, on my social media, I, you know, and now could she probably have muted them instead of, I don't know if you can mute on Instagram. Oh, that's fair. I know on, on Facebook, you can set it up to where you don't see someone in your feed anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if it's the same, even though they're owned by the... But still, like, I don't know if that's possible on Instagram. On Twitter slash X until... Douche, until one... Douchebag ends up removing that feature. Um, <laughs> I, I have a lot of people muted. I'll just say that. And uh-huh. some, some of you don't know it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know I, the reason i do it is for moments like this of what happened on this episode because <laughs> emily then goes i know but do you understand like when you say you feel like you don't fit that in that you know maybe it's because of things like that and then heather goes i'm sure it's all my fault and then emily goes i'm not, i didn't say it was your fault yes you did you're literally saying like yeah. like how is that sentence not you saying that it's it's Heather's fault that she's an outsider in the group? Yep. And it's such bullshit. I'm sorry. Gina goes, because it is your fault, though. And Heather goes, oh, great. It's my fault. Heather talked about it on her Instagram ahead of this episode. She's like, 
if you look at photos from this day, particularly in this trip, there's many moments where she said in her Instagram post, there's many moments where I'm smiling just to smile. I'm, I was done for a while with this trip and I wanted to go home and I was fed up with these people because they were fucking nitpicking everything I fucking did. And I was constantly being scapegoated and I was done and I don't blame her because like, yeah, I don't blame her attitude at this point. It's, it's, it's too fucking much. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Gina goes, to me, following someone is personal. And Heather goes, you just have a way of twisting things, man. Like, everything just gets fucking twisted. Gina goes, no one's twisting. I just think if you're friends with someone, you follow them on social media. And Heather goes, well, I just followed you. So you're mad that... That's how stupid this argument is. You're, you, you're mad that Heather doesn't follow certain people and you're bringing it up after she then followed you on Instagram. Yeah, I don't. What are you it. mad about? Yeah, it's so like like uh, it's their bullshit, and it's like they are so. I said it before, like they are so they mocking her pretentiousness and like because Emily says in her confessional, it looks bad because it looks like she's putting herself up on a pedestal. Like they follow me because they are the peasants and the peons, but I don't follow them because I am the queen. It's like she has said none of those words. And you are only attributing that to her. And it has only to do with the fact that she has more money than you. And it's not, and like, like a superior, like Emily makes a comment later about like having a, like her having a superiority complex. You guys are the ones with the superiority complex. If Heather's wealth and her existing as a wealthy person is enough to make you think that she thinks less of you, that's a you fucking problem. Right. Well, and Taylor very much mentions that later. Yeah. But I was, I was really happy that, um, that she brought it up and actually vocalized it on the show because everyone has danced around it. But Heather, like, or not Heather, Taylor, like, zeroes in on it. It was like, no, they're, it sounds like they're jealous of you. Right. It sounds like they are obsessed with how much money you have and they can't handle that. And it, that's on them. It's so fucking stupidly counterintuitive. Like, Emily thinks that Emily's philosophy thinks that Heather cares so much about her Instagram profile that she only wants people in her followers list that are like, you know, you know it's like it treats it like her business. You're the one looking at it like that because you're, you're keeping up on who she's following and who she's not. It's the same thing about the whole thing that Tamara brought up last episode about Jen wearing fake Fendi or whatever. Yeah. You're the only one noticing that. You're the one focused on people's money, what they're wearing, what brands they have or don't have. And like... Maybe someone liked the look and bought the cheap version because they wanted the look without having to spend exorbitant amounts of money for it. Yeah. Emily makes a joke then of like to try to, and I think she was trying to joke to break the mood, but she goes, I just want you to know that I blocked you. And everyone laughs and Heather goes, excellent. Like, like kind of like, la- yeah. it's, you know, but you could, I could tell Heather is just like getting through it. Well, like she's just like, and it's just, this is all very heartbreaking for me because like, number one, I love Heather and I, um, I, I know our listeners are probably tired of me saying that people have autism, but like, number one, I'm convinced that Heather is on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, I, I see so much of this bullying um, reflected in the way that I have 
been treated by people um, and people constantly twisting my words and twisting my meaning behind things and assigning meanings that was not what I said. Like, I said the words I meant. Take the words, not what you think they mean, but yeah. what they actually mean. Um, and so I see all of that. But I'm also, like, doubly frustrated and heartbroken because I was, like, a huge fan of the Emily and Gina pair. Right. I have been since they first <laughs> when joined When it was the not show. popular. When it wasn't popular, right. Like, I have loved them since they joined the show. Yeah. As a pair, they have been great. And I have loved them the whole time. And, like, this season, man, I just... I can't like it's the, showing their worst qualities. Yeah. And it's showing the stuff that I think like I said it like it's like when Heather came on the scene, they were fully prepared to, you know, love on her riches and be her, you know, you know, get, you know, exploit the spoils of being Heather DeBurrow's friend. And then soon as Tamara walks onto the scene, th right. know, they're under her skirt now. Right. It's just, it's, it's disheartening. Like, I think still think that OC is fabulous, but this, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This one little aspect just puts a little bit of sour note in there for it for me because I wanted so much better for Emily and and Gina. Yeah, Heather in her confessional says I'm a hundred percent the punching bag on this trip. Anyone's looking for me to breathe wrong, chew inappropriately, I can't do anything wrong. I just want to be quiet and let this trip end. Um, and then the people get out to go shopping and then Heather like tells Tamara, well, all right, have fun. Have a great day. I'm going home. And then Tamara goes, you live in Mexico now? And Heather goes, no, I'm going home. And they're like, wait, what? What's happening? Shannon asks what's happened. And even like as much as we thought Gina was going to stick up for her through the whole episode and then failed. Vicky, of all people, is the one to sort of like back Heather up like the rest right. of this way, which I was very happy with. Vicky goes. She feels picked on. She's not happy, and that's a shit place to be. And Shannon goes, well, I haven't had my conversation with her yet. Like, Shannon was so focused on having the moment to, like, sort of, like, call Heather out for talking shit on her. It's like, well, I don't, I don't have that scene yet. So, like, what, what, what? It's like, uh, it feels so coordinated that when you say shit like that. Yeah. Like, you know, and we'll get to it later. And then we get this hot mic moment as Heather's out of the car. She goes, all these girls are so over me for anything I fucking say and do. I hate them all. I just want to go home. I hate them. And she's like tearing up, crying. Um, they half of them arrive at the shaman, uh, Charlie, and, and his setup. Um, <laughs> they take their shoes off, and Charlie goes, yes, it will be great to take your shoes off. Help to get you in contact with Mother Earth. And Vicky goes, Mother Earth? Don't we have to go on the sand for that? Like we're on like a balcony. <laughs> but it's wood. It's yeah. a natural element. That's fair. Vicky, so like, I don't even know what a shaman is. Like, is, is he a believer in God? Is he voodoo? Is he real? Like, I love that she thinks voodoo is like <laughs> the person, like voodoo is like mystical. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like that it's like, it's like they're a ghost or something <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, the ladies, the other ladies then go shopping in this really cool, like it was like a treehouse mall where it was like yeah. really, really cool looking. Um, but Heather's like completely detached. Uh, this was the moment, like, I have never like empathized with Heather Dubro more in this moment where it's like they're all everyone else is shopping and she's just to her own like kind of like flipping through the clothes on the rack without even like looking at them, kind of like going through the motions. Yeah. I have been that person in stores. 
It's where I I just want to leave, so I just like, you know, act as if I'm doing something. It was so sad. Yeah, like I I was like my heart broke for her. Yeah, she says I've never had an experience like this before ever, and I've had people be mean to me in my life, and this was a lot. If retail therapy can't cheer me up, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then her like, oh look, there's a gong. I should bang the gong, and she does it so nonchalantly. I'm like. Last season, she remembers she had that big moment at her house with the gong, and, and it's like yeah. she can't even like enjoy that. Yeah, damn, it fucking sucks. Um, Charlie, uh, the shaman, uh, doing the ceremony, like covers them in smoke and stuff like that. Like asks them each for their name, and I love when he gets the Vicky. He goes, "I have two names, Victoria or Vicky. Which one do you like to pick?" <laughs> I'm like, "That's nice of Vicky. <laughs> Give him an option." They all say their goals and their intentions. Vicky wants like unconditional love. Tamara says, I think I want to trust my friends. I want them to trust me. And most of all, come from a place of love and to eliminate any hate in my heart. <laughs> I wanted to jump. I, I wanted to jump off of my... Just right off that balcony. Uh, just eat myself onto the sand. So disingenuous. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just... I was... I loved so much how... Jen and Vicky and Shannon were all wearing white, and then Tamara's wearing black. Like so the villain fitting. she is. So fitting. Uh, um, Jen says, I want clarity. I want happiness. I want authentic relationships. And she talks later in her confessional about like the importance of clarity for her in relationships because she was like, for years, I was told by my husband we're good, but we weren't good. Like, you know, so yeah. it's like I need open communication in that regard. Um, we go back to the shopping. Taylor then checks in on Heather as they're, like, sort of sitting down away. In this really cool, like, little, like, pool. Like, there's, like, a little shallow, like, foot pool. Yeah, it was, like. like, little seated pillows along. It's, like, what the fuck is this It really store? was, like, we were in, like, the whole place. Like, that and the the um, the um dinner. Like, it's, like, we were in, like, fucking Fern Gully or something. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. It's Fern Gully. Heather goes, I'm just really ready to go home. And Taylor goes, I just feel like you're being, you know, I, you're being hit from every direction at this point. Like Taylor, like recognizing it. And Heather goes, yeah, but anytime I try to say anything, it, it all just gets turned around on me. So I just don't want to talk anymore. Yeah. Uh, Heather, her confessional, should I confide in Taylor? Probably not. Who knows? I might do something terrible, like say she's cute, <laughs> which I'm like. Yeah, I get, with everything compounding, I'm like, yes, I get now why you were frustrated by that because it wasn't that yeah. big of a deal. But Taylor didn't know Heather as well, right? And so, like, I like I get like it's one thing if it's a first impression, but when it's that you know this person now and it's a yeah. you've known them for years, it's it's calculated on their part. Like yeah. Taylor, I give the pass for, you know, she's like, but at this point, like, there's nothing left to lose. Might as well talk to Taylor. Heather's like, you know, everything I say just gets dissected. Like, she says, like, my throat is closing up at this point, like, because of, like, stress. Um, Taylor goes, I think you don't get as much of a hall pass on saying things because people think, oh, she's better than me. I think it's the money. And Heather goes, yeah, but, like, I'm not apologizing for having money. <laughs> like, And she shouldn't. And, Heather, and, he, and Taylor goes, hell, I wouldn't apologize either. I'm just saying they feel inferior to you and it's not right. Yeah. Like, Taylor gets it. Yeah. Taylor, like, lays it out perfectly, I feel. Um, back at the shaman thing, they, they finish up. Tamara hugs Jen and says that she's sorry for the day before, the other day, and all that stuff. Yada, yada, yada. Like, I get, like, I think some people see it as, like, Jen caving, but I think, I don't mind it because, like, 
I think Jen still knows in the back of her head not to trust Tamara still. Like, it's like, it's the fourth time this has happened, like, yeah. this season where it's like they made up. Like, you know. Well, but Shannon keeps trusting her. So, I mean. Well, Shannon's easily manipulated. Like, you know. Jen goes, I don't even Archie know. Archie made her drive that car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> easily manipulated Shannon Bedore. Yeah. I don't even know if this is real. At the end of the day, I probably have sucker written all over my forehead, but I want to believe in my friend and get back to where we were. Yeah. I think by the point of this, I think by the point of the end of this episode, she's over that. Yeah. And I think definitely I'm excited for the reunion because I don't think Jen's holding back. Oh, I don't think they're holding back in the next episode either. Nope. Oh, because that. Whew, okay. So then they go upstairs to like this suspended like treehouse restaurant. Um <laughs> Which it's like it's they're in this like sort of like it's like there's not seats, but it's like one big cushion that they like sort of like do like like what they don't call it Indian style anymore. They call it um like like the cross legged cross legged. Um, But there's like a rope or or a net sort of like in between them or whatever um, to this thing. So Vicky, Shannon, Tamara and Jen then arrive and they think they have to go across the net when there's like clearly like a thing across the like uh, thing. Shannon is freaking the fuck out. She's like, get away from me. It's it's a replay of what happened earlier with getting in the water. Well, also, she's like, I remember the ropes course from seasons ago. Remember when they did oh, the ropes God, course? Yes. And she almost broke Vicky's finger. <laughs> Vicky tries to like like grab her for a second. She goes, Don't touch me! <laughs> <laughs> it's like dude, can, they're like you can only do like one at a time and then Vic Shannon tries to go and then Vicky goes and goes no don't <laughs> she takes like one step and then just collapses to the ground and she's like Emily's just going oh god Shannon's on the ground oh her spanks are showing <laughs> and then they get the, to the table and they're like it's too hot over here let's go to the seated table <laughs> fucking hell emotional manipulation um uh they all sit uh and and uh talk about like the shaman experience what happened there jen's like you know i really want to come into this you know whole like with all of these women all the rest of you guys emily tells jen like you know we adore you and you know, honestly i'm done talking about the situation with ryan you're an adult woman whatever happens happens and we'll be here to support you because ryan doesn't define you and i'm like good yeah can we move past this uh, Vicky talks about how her her intention was for unconditional love. Gina asks, you know, do you think you'll marry your boyfriend? Vicky's like, you know, I absolutely would, but there's no rush at the end of the day. And I thought this was really genuine from Heather. Heather goes, you know, Vicky, this is the first time I've heard you say, like, I can't give 100%. Like, ever since I've known you, you've always dived right into something. And it makes me, you know, sad, but also really happy at the same time. Because that is true. Vicky would have just immediately been like, I got to get married. I, you know, I got to yeah. fill up my love tank, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I like that she's like, you know, just letting it happen. Like, it's, it's yeah. nice. But when she makes the comment of like, you know, I, I, you know, I've heard you say, you, the first time I've heard you say I can't give 100%. Tamara makes like a face as if it's like a shady comment. Tamara cannot get off the gas yeah. plotting against Heather. And it's so gross. But after Heather says that, Tamara just goes, Wait, I have a question, Heather. And she goes, you said in Montana that Shannon's not all in when it comes to John. What did that have to do with anything? This was like, it was so calculated. It was like, there was no reason to mention that. And then uh, Shannon goes, I just heard that today. And then we see the flashback. And I was incensed because Shannon and 
Tamara were talking uh, after the shaman thing. And Shannon's like, yeah, Heather keeps saying, you know, I have these like horrible things in my relationship. And she does the, like her hands thing that every time she says horrible things. And then Tamara goes, well, she actually said it in Montana. And Shannon goes, what? They then flashback to this whole thing of Heather. If this, if this is the full extent of Heather talking about Shannon's relationship, this is so calculated on Tamara's part to the point of just like insane. Yeah. They flash back and it's um, to, to Montana. Tamara, it's Tamara at the bench. It's when Shannon leaves to go get in her saloon girl look and tells them that like, yo, makes the excuse about like no one's there with the girls or whatever the, you know, supervisor didn't show up or whatever. And they're like, why didn't John show up? Um, and Tamara says, they've been together a long time. So I'm surprised John doesn't stay at the house. And Heather goes, well, maybe she's not a hundred percent in. That's it. That's the extent of it. Yeah. What is so wrong with that? And also Heather also pointed, well, I'll, before I do that, um, uh, Heather in her confessional says, there's nothing wrong with saying Shannon's not all in on her relationship. But the way Tamara's repeating it to try to get Shannon mad at me, what is Tamara's problem? Did I run over her cat? Like, yeah. uh, Heather goes, comments you made, you know, it's just, you know, with comments that you've made to me, it just seemed like you were figuring things out. And then Shannon goes, then use those words. Don't say she's not all in. And then Heather goes, you know what? I just don't want to be world word policed anymore. Not everyone says the right word at every fucking time. What is Shannon's point of like, I'm mad that you said she, I'm not all in. You should have said, I'm figuring it out. It's the same fucking thing. It's the yeah. same fucking sentiment. And, and Heather posted on her fucking Instagram today. She went back and watched the Montana episode. And you, when you watch the full conversation, they cut out a part in this part where Tamara makes the comment about, like, you know, because uh, Tamara says the thing about, um, you know, they've been together a long time, so I was surprised John doesn't stay at the house. Tamara then says, either you're in or you're out. And then Heather responded with, well, maybe she's not 100% in. She only used the 100% in thing. Because Tamara, like, laid it up. I'm, I'm fuming. I am so fucking <laughs> fuming right now. This is, it's insane what they're doing to Heather. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, Shannon then brings up the Emily, uh, Emily's BravoCon comment that she claims Heather made. Heather goes, I didn't say that. Emily, Emily goes, yes, you did, Heather. And then Heather goes, by the way, it wasn't her. Tamara was the one who was talking about you guys. What? And then Emily then, because em Emily had already said on Watch What Happens Live, but now I know it's because of this scene. Emily said on watch, I was like, maybe I thought it was Shannon, but blah, blah, blah. And so Heather now reveals that Gina is right. She was saying it was Tamara. It wasn't Shannon in, in terms of the thing. And the way Heather like glares at Tamara after she says this was so good. It was just like, yeah, you talk shit. Tamara's trying to act like, you know, what the fuck? And Heather like says in her confessional too, like, I didn't, I didn't understand that Emily like misheard me. I thought she was just making this up. And then when I realized Oh wait, she thinks it's th this is about Shannon. That's when I clarified at, at this dinner, being like, "Right, no, it was actually Tamara." Like, what the fuck? Emily, her confessor goes, "I don't know. Oops, my bad. I I can I can write her a note." This is the whole basis as to why Shannon. I mean, not the whole basis, but like this is an added level as to why Shannon's mad at her. 
Yeah. And it's just like you fucked it up. I don't believe she just fucked it up. I'll just yeah. say that. Tamara's like, you know, I was repeating what Heather, Heather, I was repeating what you told me. And Heather goes, no, no, no. Tamara says that I'm with a bunch of fucking losers. And then Heather goes, that was not what I said. That's an interesting twist on what I said. Noella and Jen were the people I was talking about. Not current Jen, last season's Jen. Uh-huh. Because those two different people. Noella and Jen I was talking about. Not these people. I am tired of getting all of my shit twisted. And then Tamara goes, so you're trying to throw me under the bus? Tam- To try to say that Heather, Heather, like Tamara, that's what Tamara does now is to say that Heather got the heat on her. So she threw me under the bus. You threw her under the bus to start this conversation. Yeah. You brought up the Montana thing for no fucking reason. Yeah. Absolutely no reason. You've been throwing Heather under the bus this entire motherfucking season. Yeah. Like they, if they don't, why, if this is not a concerted alliance, and they don't wise up at the fucking reunion. This is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, Tamara says her confessional that she was mocking her, that she went up to her table at BravoCon and was like, so you're with a bunch of fucking losers. And that Heather had a look on her face like, oh shit, she remembers. Number one, that's not a face Heather has. No, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. That, uh, Again, Heather, like Heather said, like, episodes ago if i really thought something like that would i confide it in tamra no no heather's smart enough to know what tamra fucking does at this point then <laughs> vicky then leaves the table and she goes up to the waiters and goes i'm sorry no bueno i i, I can't do it uh, and then she goes it's very uncomfortable for me to be around people fighting i've never liked it i don't want to be around it it's just not who i am you and know, then they show the compilation of every fucking fight you know calm vicky that has never ever started a fight or been the center point of um a feud on this show never like yeah. i like i i I um, definitely don't have very vivid memories of her yelling at someone on the phone for sending a small family van. Yeah. <laughs> in her first season. Uh, okay. This is, where, this is where we're pissed at Gina. I'm, I'm going to lay this out. This is why. Gina has spent this entire fucking season with Tamara back in the fold wanting a Tamra takedown. It's been spread. I can read it on her fucking face this whole fucking season. She's been like when she brought it up to Heather, when they were shoveling shit, when she has wanted a moment in which they can get Tamra called out on her bullshit. And now at this table, she has been presented that Tamra was calling her a fucking loser, either as a joke or not. Right. Either as a joke, mocking Heather, allegedly, or being serious. That she was joking that Gina and Emily were fucking losers. What's Gina's response to this? Going to Heather and going, why didn't you text me? Heather goes, because I'm not starting shit at BravoCon. Gina goes, if someone's calling me a loser, you should tell me. And then Tamara goes, no, she called you the loser. How? 
time. <laughs> Gina says in her confessional that she's done. This is like being punched in the stomach. I've been a genuine friend to Heather. I've been good to her. And the whole time you're telling people nasty things about me. So she believes Tamara. Yeah. She believes Tamara that Heather was saying the shit. And Heather multiple times here literally repeats to Gina, I was talking about Noella. I was talking. She says it to Gina like five times in this conversation. And it's one ear out the other for Gina. Gina doesn't accept it whatsoever. I, I just love how Noella has ended up with a relevant storyline this season when she couldn't have one last season. I know. When she was actually on screen. Heather's probably mad of like, I didn't want to even talk about her this season. <laughs> Fuck. I like to forget that she existed as well, <laughs> but it's just. Emily's like, you know, being called a loser is bullshit with all I've done in my career. You know, I don't like that. And then Heather just goes, I didn't call you a loser, but honestly, and then she gets up from the table and goes, honestly, I'm tired of being taken to task by this group. I get it. You don't like me. I'm whatever. Gina goes, you're the one in conversations about us being losers. And Heather goes, it was Noella. It was Noella. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like I have to laugh because it's, it's, it's something that you would get on a, on a normal show like scripted television, this would be played for laughs. Oh yeah. It's it's insane. It's it needs a Benny Hill track. Like it's ridiculous. Gina goes, I've tried to be a good friend to you this entire time. And then Heather goes, You're yelling at me in front of a table of people. You're not being a good friend to me. You never had my back in these situations. And then Heather leaves the table. Heather in her confessional. The moment Tamara says, I called her a loser, you're going to believe that? From the one that was warning me against her. Noted. Like, it's so fucking true. Gina, you were literally telling Heather to not trust Tamara, and then you're trusting Tamara's immediate word for things. Yeah. There, how, there was some bribe... There was something. <laughs> Tamara did some Jedi fucking mind trick and flipped Gina, and that's clearly what's fucking happening. There's no other explanation for this. Yeah. It has to be. Uh, and then Tamara, as Heather's leaving, goes, you are a fake friend, and then performing, like, drops her, like, picks up her, like, drink and then drops it on the table. Like, why did you have to do that? Like, ugh. The bar, we go to Vicky at the bar, and the bartender's just pouring a Vicky a shot, being like, the way that these women talk to each other, I can't be around it. It's so toxic. Like, and then Heather is like leaving and passing Vicky. Vicky goes, Come here. I can't stand how they're talking to you. Like, like bawling. What, what really gets me is that if this was the sentiment, then you would have said something at the table. You would have stood up for her. Yeah, I wish Vicky would have. But really, that. really, what it was is you knew that it would end up with you fighting with Tamara and you refused to do she that, so you that. walked away. Yeah, she cares too much about the friendship with Tamara to do that. So instead of standing up for what you knew was right, you removed yourself from the situation so that you didn't have to confront your toxic friend. Yeah. Heather Lee, well, like Vicky says, you know, I can't stand out there talking to you. And Heather goes, they're so mean. But you know what? I'm done with the show. I'm out. And then Vicky goes, I would have never put up with it. Shannon goes over to try to check on Heather. 
Vicky goes, they're piranhas chewing at her. Leave her the fuck alone. It was giving very, leave Brittany alone. <laughs> uh, Gina uh, uh, at the, is at the table and Gina says, I genuinely thought she liked me. And then Tamara goes, I thought she liked me too. And Tamara has the biggest smile on her face as she's saying it. It's almost the smile. It's hard to describe, but it's almost the smile of like, I can't believe it's this easy. Yeah. I can't believe it's this easy. And Emily's smiling as well, if you notice. It's, like, it's disgusting. Uh. Gina's like, I can't force Heather to be a good friend. What else can I do at this point? It's getting, like, pathetic. And I'm like, you're right, Gina. It is pathetic. This whole thing is very pathetic. Well, and what's also really frustrating is Heather, they, have a, they have a shot of Heather walking down the stairs under that net yeah, yeah, yeah. it's literally under the table they were just sitting at so heather can hear them talking yeah, yeah yeah vicky goes why can't we be women of integrity and i love heather going they just went to the fucking shaman love and light fucking all this shit where is that yeah <laughs> um emily tells tamra sometimes if someone has a superiority complex they need to be held accountable for that correct you have the you all have the superiority complex. Well, they have an inferiority complex. Sure. Yeah. Tamara uh uh or she, no, this is Shannon. Shannon goes, I mean t- thoughtful, generous, kind, but a little bit calculating. But Tamara's not calculating. Tam Tamara's not calculating. Apparently. Okay. All right. Huh. We then see go to four hours later. Um, and we were like, thought it was going to be like some cliffhanger. We're so used to when it's like the card cut and then four yeah. hours later that it's like something dramatic. But no, the Trace Amigos are just partying at this bar and dancing on the bar top and all that stuff. Which it was like, as much as I was so mad at Tamara and Shannon, I was like, I needed the Trace. I, you do have to give us the Trace Amigas yeah. going bar hopping moment. That has to happen. Um, I, I kind of want to want to see footage of them trying to convince Vicky to, to go out because she seemed... Like she wasn't fucking with. Oh, this. just give her like what, like, like, thing, and she'll be like, "Whoop it up!" I'm gonna. Uh, okay, yeah, that's. She's very fair. bipolar. In that Never regard. mind. That's fair. <laughs> um, but as that, so they're back at the back at the hotel though. Heather is like outside on some. I forgot who. I don't know whose um like outside area was with Taylor and Jen, and they're talking. And Heather tells T- Jen like, "You know, I was actually really proud of you the other day when you told Tamara like you're mean, you're nasty. Like, why are you do this to me?" And Jen's like, you know, you know, I know with Tamara now, like I need to set a boundary and, you know, with everything that's happened and stuff like that, I do feel real compassion for you, Heather. And Heather goes, thank you. And I'm like, this is the unit. This is the u- Heather, Taylor and Jen. Yeah. Combating these fucking bitches. Like, I love like if if Heather is calculating, she picked found her fucking allies because like, you know, the Heather and Taylor, they may have had their thing. But those are the two people that have felt. Tamra's bullshit. Yeah. Jen more directly. But Taylor needs to remember as well. Like, Tamra threw Taylor under the bus in Montana fully. Yeah. I think that if something were to happen to cause a divide between between Vicky and Tamra, I think Vicky would easily go over to the other side as well. Yeah. The worst player in this is Gina. Yeah. Gina picked a... Like, Emily will have Tamra, seemingly, because they're now close. 
Gina's not like Gina is going to have neither side on her side at this point. Yeah. Like, well, she'll have she'll have Emily, but she won't have anybody else. Yeah. 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 That'll be the closest thing. Shannon's uh, they're talking and the, and Shannon goes, there was zero purpose to say something like that to Emily and Gina than to hurt. Was she really going to put the statement on me and hope that nobody remembered now acting as though Heather not saying that it was Tamra was her trying to pin it on Shannon as much as possible. And then Tamra fucking goes, I literally think she did say you and Shannon goes, so she's trying to hurt me again. <laughs> so Tamra is now trying to manufacture to Shannon that yes, I made a comment that they were that Emily and Gina were losers, but it was in jest and referencing Heather. But also Heather is such a calculating, you know, uh, maniacal Machiavellian villain that she is acting as though it is Shannon. And Shannon is just eating that up. It just makes no sense. Tamara then says in her confessional, you know, when Heather's backed in a corner, she throws people under the bus. And I'm not going to put up with it anymore. And then we get Heather's confessional where she says, I want to show Gina that Tamara is talking shit about her. And I have the proof. And that's how we leave the episode. And the preview for next week looks fucking amazing at this circus party. It feels like a survival, one of those live survival tribals where like everyone's yeah. moving and communicate. It just feels like, well, and in the, in the, the preview, it, almost seems like some of the alliances that were just set this episode shifted already. And it's like, what is happening? Yeah, Who's yeah. on whose side? Who is talking about what? And it, it is very much like you just said. It's like one of those live uh, survivor. And uh, Heather, Heather, just with her, you know, unabashed confidence in her position as Tamara's like rubbing her finger in her face and doing whatever. And Heather just does not give a shit. And she's sipping champagne. And yeah. she's like, <laughs> she pulled a Diana Jenkins. You need a new villain? Here I am. Like <laughs> she's over it and I'm here for it. And in that in that diamond bodysuit, <laughs> that whole diamond encrusted thing, it is just everything. Such Ugh. a such a good fucking season of OC so far. So this is good. this is like season 9 level, like of just like I I I feel like a lot of people are shitting on this season, though. Really, a, a lot of people online are shitting on this season, but I don't. I don't get it, and I honestly feel like this will go down as one of the best seasons of OC. I see a lot of people being like, "Fuck Tamra! I'm so mad they brought her back. They should have never brought her back, etc." And I get that. Like, I get that. I get that from, sentiment. Yeah. I get that's from a hatred. I hate Tamra, but I I know she was necessary for this season. Oh yeah. Like, like she was can, a necessary evil. I can hate her like on a personal, like I hate what you're doing to this person that I like. Yeah. Like level and also love the mess and love like what she's bringing to the show and love like all of that stuff. Right. So like I can separate those two. Now, I didn't used to be able to. It was very difficult for me and to some separate. People, but some people don't do it as good as this. Yeah. And it is, and when I say as good as it, don't get me wrong, it is sloppy in parts. It's sloppy for Tamara specifically. And we recognize it so easily. Yeah. But like, it doesn't mean that it's not like solid. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, I, I, yeah. But that's, yeah, love, love this season of OC. 
All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got Roni, we got Salt Lake, we got Orange County. What you thinking, babe? Um, I'll start with my bottom for this week. I'll give it, you know what? I'm giving it to Whitney. Okay. But yeah, you wouldn't, like, this was, it just, it was all the bad qualities of Whitney that I don't like. There was a lot of positive qualities I like about Whitney and sort of, yeah. like, sort of her more fun stuff. But, like, when she's doing this whole, like, truth teller like, you know, I need to stand up for myself sort of thing. It gets so annoying and grating. Yeah. And, like, I get that it's also... I, I, I can I can agree that it helps move story in a certain way, and it, like, creates conflict, but it just gets annoying. It's pedantic. It, real, that's the word. It's exactly that. Yeah. It is pedantic. It's, like, you know... I, I, I'm just tired of it. I've seen it for four seasons now. Yeah. And it just kind of gets way too frustrating and just, like, oh, I roll my eyes. Um, yeah, so Whitney's my bottom. My top, I'm going to give it to Uba over on Roni. Okay. I thought both in her, the way she had Jessel's back when, when Jessel needed it and, and was on the right side of it, the way this whole season she's kind of just been a truth teller no matter what and sort of like didn't have like that definitive alliance. And I'm team her in terms of this Aaron fight. Like I think like she handled herself well. I, like, like her, like ignoring Aaron, I don't think is that big of a deal. I don't think it's that, you know, um, you know, rude necessarily or right. sort of like childish or anything. Like, I think it's just, you know, it's better than just fucking yelling at somebody. Yeah. But like, when you're going to push me to that level, like, right. a, like Aaron did, she was going to let her have it. And that's exactly what she did. So credit to Uba. Really been loving you this season, but particularly this episode. Uh, what about you, babe? Um, I'm going to start with uh, my bottom and it kind of echoes off of your top, which is my bottom is Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> um, because like at the end of the day, she was the person who was exhibiting bigotry and yeah. I'm, I'm not standing for that. Right. Um, and it's whether it was intentional or not from her, that's still, it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter at that point. Um, like she was literally blowing on that dog whistle and it was resounding Mm -hmm. loud and clear. Um, so, I mean, I just, I can't be with her on that. And it was really petty bullshit and it felt fabricated and frustrating. And I I thought about giving it to Tamara, but I feel like we've hounded on her so much this season. Sure. Um, and we had the opportunity to have a couple other good bottoms this week. So I went with Aaron. Um, my top for the week is going to be Monica. Um, she's just really coming out of the gate strong. I'm really, really happy with her performance so far. Three episodes in as a rookie. Damn, girl. Feels natural and like regular part of the group. Doesn't feel like GSC legs. Yeah. She, um, she came out of the gate and exposed all of her bullshit. <laughs> it was like, you're not lording this over me. You're not using any of my secrets as tools to manipulate me. This is shit that I'm going to own, episode one and two. And then I'm just going to stir mess the rest of the season. Yeah. I'm going to do good commentary i'm gonna do like in your face confrontations but also like be on the right side of shit and do stuff in a way that is fun and like not the problem yeah like it's it's well done it's very well done and i i really hope we get more additions like her 
because especially with the possibility of us having this uh, Atlanta shakeup, you know, I'm hoping we get more people coming in that are going to behave more like Monica coming in and be less timid, be less, you know, um, either less timid or less try hard like Angie. Right. Um, you know, like I just, this is some good shit. Her and Jen, I've said it before, her and Jen on OC are having some of the, I, I would argue the best rookie seasons in the history of housewives. Yeah, I agree. It's just really great stuff. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.